everybody, and welcome back to the Next Lander Podcast, now in 2024 vision. Put on your glasses, get your good, get the molds of your ears ready to go in this oral and oral formats and visual and 3D. Alex Navarro, you are, people can't see you scrunching your face in 3D, or though maybe they can, no, they can't. <laughs> no, they can't. They're no, but you can see it in the highest definition I can possibly deliver on this app. Uh-huh. It's pretty high. How are you? Happy 2024. Happy 2024 to you. I'm here. It's great to see you guys. I'm adhering to my one resolution, which is drink more water. Oh, good here for you. Go. Hey, are you <laughs> drinking out of that uh, that Zojirushi stainless steel uh, tumbler? I don't, uh, yes, as a matter of fact, I am, and Fantastic. they have not sponsored this podcast, so we probably shouldn't be doing that, but okay. No, Zojirushi, yeah. still a fine product, and? Still. That's the one I'm drinking out yep. of also, Good because cup. it's a hell of a tumbler. It's I, have to, I, have, I have to salute you for setting the bar low, the resolutions. Or, oh, yeah. let's say, setting the bar attainably. I believe in clearing the lowest bar possible whenever possible and that felt like a clearable bar that's tricky hey something everybody can and should do yeah brad shoemaker happy 2024 uh thank you i am here in the new year with one question yeah which is if this podcast were administered orally uh-huh what would it taste like what would it taste like it would taste like um, it would taste like uh, a garbage pail kids bubblegum. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Highly specific. Yeah, that's what I think it would taste like. It's a like garbage pail like, like kids bubblegum that's been left out for let's just say about <laughs> 20, twenty years. Twenty five years. I, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now, sitting about thirty feet away from the pile of boxes of my childhood possessions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is almost certainly some unchewed garbage pail kids bubblegum in one of those boxes. You could probably still eat it. This I sounds guess, like I, a taste test stream. I should. I mean, it's I don't guys, mean now. I mean, I at never, some point, I never chewed the gum. I don't know about you. Like I was never. If, if the you thing don't chew came with, that gum, that you, no. you break that gum into pieces. That gum is <laughs> that like gum not is really basically chew. fiberglass. <laughs> if, if the toy or trading card came with something that went in your mouth, I usually did not put it in my mouth. It, so it's almost certainly still back there. I did chew the Bazooka Joe gum, which is basically the same thing. Yeah. Which you're basically uh, getting for the comics more than anything else, but I did chew the gum. Oh, uh, yeah, you love those comics. I know you. You and your sense, you know, oh, that Bazooka Joe. I mean, Watch when out. I was like nine, yeah, <laughs> I guess, but also uh, that did not last very long. Uh-huh. Have you, have you ever look- come, up with your, come up with your Garbage Pail Kid name? My? Uh, no, like, I don't. Vinny, Vinny's kind of a tough one. Assy Alex. How about Skinny Vinny. Skinny Vinny is the first yeah. one I thought was yeah. like, you, yeah. the illustration would be you like slipping down the shower drain or something. Sure. Know. Yeah. 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 Um. My kids call me Dado McFado, so maybe that's uh, Skinny Vinny and Dado McFado are like the two, like the 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 eighteen year old version <laughs> and the forty five year old. And version. you haven't locked them in the basement just to get them to stop doing that? No, no, okay. I I I, uh, I encourage it because I uh, boy, you should hear what I call them. You know? Wow. No. Just wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. I say, look, this is okay for me. Uh-huh. But I just want to let you know this might not be okay out in the world. I don't mind. I'm not offended, but just because it rhymes doesn't mean it's okay to just say words. If you call me that in front of company, you're not going to college. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, I you're not- going to community college. We'll just like we'll, Look, we'll be a little less severe. 
you could, I, I'm going to have to spend the money we saved for college on uh, my own needs. Thank uh-huh. you very much. There are some new Masterpiece Transformers that have your college fund's name on them. That's right. They're going to college because those, uh-huh. those are the five two nines can only be used for colleges anyway. So I'm, I'm sending, sending Optimus Grimlock Prime. to college. <laughs> That's right. I'm just, my, I'm just, I'm just my other son Grimlock. I have to. <laughs> I have to launder Me this Grimlock money. here for Econ 101. <laughs> yeah, Meg- Megatron with an accounting degree. Look. In a Megatron Mega- in the somebody. comics is a philosopher and a uh-huh. thinker, okay? Uh-huh. He writes a treatise, Optimus Prime reads it. It's all about bringing power to the workers of Cybertron. He's fighting in the gladiatorial pits. He's basically a revolutionary. He doesn't need no college. He's, he learned on the in the pits fighting. I mean, what's more revolutionary than a thinking gun? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I started I started I started to solicit for some fan art fan art of Megatron in a business suit. Uh, it's, probably there. it's probably there. Those needs have already been covered. Yeah. Okay. okay good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this year for resolutions, I don't really believe in New Year's resolutions. But I don't either. I, I, that's why I keep them very yeah. loose and low impact for the most part. I do believe in, uh, in the beginning of the year, I sit with the family as we're, as we're doing our New Year's, uh, uh, celebrations. Mm-hmm. And I say, where do we want to be in 2025? Because I feel like, Having a resolution is just a setup for not meeting something. But if you have a goal of like, right. where where do we want to be in 2025? Do we want to have, like, we got a new table in 2024. That was a big goal, right? We want to be mm-hmm. sitting, not on folding chairs anymore. Sure. Um, so I feel like th- that's maybe a workaround for a resolution. But I feel like it gives you an a target to shoot for. Mm-hmm. Like when we're sitting here in 2025, where do you want to be? And where I wanted to be in 2025 was not sitting in this basement, stinking both me and the basement like doo-doo is where I want to be. I in think that's an attainable goal. Seems like it wouldn't be that hard, but. I mean, I, I said, just, I set a yeah. goal for myself in 2023, which was, yeah. I don't want to be in this apartment anymore. I what would really love it if, uh, and you know, I said to myself. The likelihood of that happening might not be above 50%, but I'm still uh-huh. going to give it a shot. It worked out. I'm glad for it. Now that I've achieved that. Yeah. Kind of feels like, all right, well, at this point, I might as well just be hydrated. <laughs> Enjoy the house while hydrated. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to the rest of your life. Yep. That's right. Drink water and stretch. That's right. it for the next, yeah, uh, for eh. unforeseeable years. I mean, look, tell. drink the water in 2024. Maybe okay. we stretch in 2025. That's a That's stretch right. goal. It's very good. Very good. Um, Boo me for that. Come on. No, no, that's good. I like right. like a who doesn't like a good Kickstarter joke uh-huh. in twenty twenty four. Very really. timely. Yeah, very good. Um, do you guys uh, do you guys do any kind of like gift exchanges for the holidays or anything like no. that? Nothing. No, I basically like, like, cut that out of my life. Like the whole holidays. Yeah. Christmas and everything. Christmas, Christmas oh. and everything. I thought you meant like a post New Year's gift exchange. I was like, we just did that. No, uh, no just no. just for the, just for children at this point. Okay, yeah. kids kids get gifts. Adults don't give each other gifts anymore. Okay, everybody's Fair. got everybody's got what they need. Uh, kids get anything fun? A lot of video games. Yeah, a lot mm. of video games. Digital games. Should we should we get into it? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I, I went with the strategy of, well, okay, my nephews are six and four, and they have extremely limited time to play games uh-huh. by, by parental fiat. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I decided to go with the strategy of what if I just bought more games for them than they could possibly like wrap their heads around. 
Impossible. Sure. Impossible. That that number of games turned out to be eleven. That's a lot of games. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of games. They, they only have a switch. Okay. okay. A switch has a lot of games. It's they true. Only have a, they only have a switch, and they also only pretty much have first party Nintendo games previously. Okay. So mostly Mario Kart and other Mario related things. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, when you have a switch, those are usually the first things you go for. Uh. To be fair, shout out to Nintendo and their third parties for some extremely deep sales over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, no first party sales, though. Yeah, I was going to say, no, no, no first party sales. No, but let's say, you know, if I could tack on ukulele for $3, I was like, why not? Yeah. Did they have a, an SD card for the Switch? No. Okay, that well, has yet to be one. resolved. Okay. That has yet to be resolved because SD cards are sold out all over the place. No kidding. I didn't all know the that. Sh- all, the, all, the sh- all the shipping was like, arrives January 8th. Jeez. Damn. And I was like, well, guess we're going to be deleting and re-downloading games. Yeah. We were just like, uh, who's got a camera? <laughs> give me your camera. We don't need photos this, oh, this Christmas. Just give me your damn camera. I didn't think about that. Oh, yeah. That's been... happened in this household a, a couple of times. Okay. I've got the list here. All right. Uh, the other thing is, they already have the Switch. I was going to download, I'm just getting all these downloadable games. A lot of them don't even have physical releases. Mm. What to do about gifting the games. Wait, my, tack, my tack was to download the games onto their Switch and then rewrap wrap the Switch that they've had for That's two pretty years. good. Okay. That's, that's with fun. A little, with a little post-it note on it saying, like, plug me in for a surprise. That's great. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, don't wait until 1 a.m. the night before Christmas Day to do that. And try to buy multiple eShop gift cards from Amazon at the same time. Oh no! no, no if you no, value, no. if you value your Amazon account, no, you you basically just stole a credit card and are trying to uh, uh, launder that money as quickly mm-hmm. as possible. Yes, it popped every fraud protection <laughs> device known to man, and then Amazon completely locked me out of me, out, of, out of my account. Yep. Yeah. Did you like, have to call them? No, I was able to do the to automate it. Yeah, automate okay. the unlocking process, which took about half an hour. At which point, I was just like, "I'm going to bed. I, they, they will get their present later tomorrow." Uh, it, but but also, once I finally got back in, like they had purged the like like all the, all my addresses were gone, all the payment methods were gone. <laughs> like they had removed everything from the account. That feels unnecessary. Well, just because just because I tried to buy two eShop gift cards in the same transaction. <laughs> I assume they probably thought somebody had gotten into your account and was now trying to just buy themselves gift cards with a yeah, credit like, card on file. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure it's Ob- some yeah. nuclear option. Yeah. So obviously, uh, uh, obviously gift cards are a huge factor for fraud. Yeah. So it's not surprising, I guess, but also like I told the credit card when I bought them, like, yes, I'm, that's me. I'm buying them. Credit card was cool with it. Yeah. Amazon still was not. Anyway. Yeah. Also, Amazon select. I stopped buying gift cards on Amazon a little bit ago. A mostly because that was the first thing that happened to me was was that like you can't do it, and like usually when I'm buying gift cards, I'm buying a couple at a time because it's like, oh, what am I buying my parents? What am I gonna? Buy? I'm just gonna buy them all at the same time, right? I'm right. Do this thing, and that happened to me. Second, their selection usually isn't that great in terms of denominations. They usually no. have like. Like sometimes they don't have the fifty dollar one, or they're missing like the hundred dollar one. Like they'll have like the twenty five dollar one, and a seventy five dollar one, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what's going on here? Third, um, sometimes they don't have the digital one, so they'll just like we'll send you a physical card and be like, what the hell are you talking about, man? I don't want a physical. I'm just gonna send a code. Like let me do this. So like they didn't have. Um, I was buying. I was looking to buy Steam gift cards, and they don't have the uh, digital ones. You just had the physical ones. So that was also weird. And I don't forget if I'm up to three or four, but sometimes you get them and the codes don't work. And uh, huh. seen, every I've once in a while couple, that does happen. Yeah. A couple of cases of that where it's like, you know, 
if you buy them in the store, they're supposed to check to make sure they're so, activated and working. So I noticed now at the CVS that's walking distance to me, they just have a whole rack of gift cards. Yeah. Uh, they also don't have the, the I mean, down, denomination isn't the right term, but the, the amounts are limited also. Mm-hmm. But um, they have everything there, man. Oh, yeah. Fort, Fortnite, Roblox, Applebee's, Target. So- one of the things that uh, one of the various suburban journeys we began over the course of the break is that we are now Costco members. Uh-huh, uh, nice. Which okay, is, great. just feels like a thing you have to do once you buy property. Take um, me to Costco. Yeah. So we went to Costco and I, we were just buying other things. And I was like, oh, you know, I want to see what their gift card selection is like because uh, they have a bunch of that stuff there. And they had everything except Steam. Like they had <laughs> yeah. all the consoles. But yeah. the best part was they had one entire wall of the things that was like all three consoles kind of evenly divided. Then on the other side, it was all Roblox. Yeah. yeah all yeah. Roblox. Not just Fortnite? No. Okay. Roblox. Roblox. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, Brad, you got your account back? I did. And the, the, the transaction, you were able to, uh, Christmas wasn't canceled. You were no. able to make, make, make your, your e-purchases? No, Christmas just came about uh, 3 p.m. Okay. Instead of in the morning, uh, I have this list of games here. If you want to hear them, I sure. do want to hear them. Rate my selection, yeah, by all means. For for again, six and four year old boys who have only played Nintendo first party games. Got it. Lego Star Wars, good. Untitled Goose Game, good. Sure. Trom- trombone Champ, absolutely. I thought you could probably see what I am playing toward here. Uh-huh. Uh, Bluey the video game. Okay, okay. never played big, it, but I like Bluey a lot. Big big Bluey fans. Yeah. Uh, Who's not? That game seems cool. It was an immediate introduction to like, wow, they can just sort of like shove these things out there because like five minutes into the game, one of us fell through the world and then the game crashed. Okay, Ew. that's like, a shame for it, it had some issues. I okay. was like, you know, the bar is probably pretty low for a child-oriented software. Mm. I'm, going to, I'm going to guess. Sure. Uh, pull the list back up. Bob on a biscuit, Bluey. That's my dad's. That's, I never uh, see. I've never seen Bluey before. Bluey's great. Bluey seems. Bluey seems all right. Uh, we love Katamari Reroll. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, largely for the father and the family, uh, the Street Fighter 30th anniversary collection. Okay. And that the, one definitely stands out. And the Capcom beat up collection. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I ran him by, you know, he was, he was like, oh yeah, I love those games. We'll, we'll play those. And those are games that like in a year or two, both of them will probably be able to at least play each other pretty effectively. Yes. Yes. Uh, they had they had played some of that Power Rangers fighting game that came out years ago. Oh, that mm. one that was like weirdly not bad. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I watched them play it. I was like, oh man, this is like actually kind of a decent tag fighter. Like, so anyway, yes, like stealth uh, intro to fighting games. Uh, Mega Man Eleven. Sure. Okay. Because uh, they 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 do two D. Okay. All right. Uh, and then in the these are too cheap to pass up block. We have the Gardens Between. Okay. I don't know what that is. Ukulele. Uh huh. And inside, which I showed to the ooh, parents, ooh. and they were like, oh, maybe not now. Like, maybe they're a little young One for that. Day. Uh, but it was $2, and I love inside, <laughs> and I couldn't help myself, so I bought oh, okay. it anyway. And I was like, you know what? You don't have to download it for them right now. Uh, they can okay. I mean, how young is too young to learn about joining the blob? <laughs> You're right. Uh, uh, I don't know what age that would have been appropriate for me to learn about. Yeah, they're six and three, right, Brad? Yeah. Four. Yeah, so, four. Six and four. Six and four. Okay. I would say, yeah, yeah around nine or ten, the blob. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was $2. Yeah. yeah. It was 90% off. I could not resist. You're future-proofing, so, basically. Yes. Did you did you wind up, aside from inside and maybe the Capcom stuff, did you wind up booting up everything? 
Uh, not everything because we didn't have enough space. So oh, it was, sure. it was okay. a bit of deleting things and and Lego Star Wars enormous hit. A big hit. Like, okay, just, I believe it. Just rabid about it. And did uh, you, did they have already four jo- Joy Cons? Uh, yes, they exclusively play in like single Joy Con mode. Oh, that's interesting. How, that's how that's how each person is assigned a controller. I think that's huh. that's another that's another one of those limiting mechanisms. You know, it's like here's yeah. your controller. This is how you're going to play for now. Okay. Does Until Lego they, Star Wars allow f- for more than two, or is it just uh, two? It's, it's only two-player, but you can actually okay. play it just fine uh, with with those controllers. Okay. Especially for, you know, like, they're not, they don't quite have their heads around, like, dual joystick yet anyway. Okay. The game, the game weirdly, though, is like a baby's first third-person shooter, actually. Sure. I forgot. Yeah. It. I, I didn't play. It's, it's the Skywalker, <laughs> Skywalker Saga is the one. That's that four, five, here. and six? It's the most, no, it's, it's like all nine. Oh. It's, it's the most recent one that just came out, like, a year and change ago. Oh, uh, all the Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I, I always think of the Lego games as just like run around and mindlessly like bash stuff and pick up Lego studs or whatever. Mm-hmm. That game is a ton of third person like over the shoulder shooting. So I think I think I think they may have gotten the taste for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shooting guns in video games now. Thanks to me. Uh, I mean, okay. Star Wars has always been at the vanguard of making laser sounds pretty cool. You know, like shooting laser guns sounds pretty good and swear, feels pretty good. Yeah, I swear to God, every single game we played, and we also played like a dozen games on the Xbox uh, over the weekend. Every single game we sat down and played, the first thing out of the four-year-old's mouth in very small child voice was, How do you kill? Nice. Mm-hmm. Like, nice. Literally just asking, like, what button to kill? The bloodlust. And also... He turned out to be a yes, a stone cold killer and uh, <laughs> yep. shooting people like went from being able to barely work the stick to literally shooting people's heads off in the space of an afternoon. Nice. Star Wars. I mean, how how adamant are your uh, their parents about nonviolence in the home? Uh, I think that that one is like cartoonish <clears throat> enough that I think it's fine. Okay, their dad was loving it. Because like my way. my stepsister is real adamant about that stuff to the point where like. No toys that are in any way mapped after weapons. Like, there's no video games really in the house. I mean, granted, they're like, they're, I think, five and three. So, I mean, there wouldn't be a whole lot of reason for that. But still, it's just like, she's real adamant that, like, that's no good. And, like, I'm perfectly willing to adhere to whatever she wants as far as gifts for the kids and things like that. But I just, I don't know how how stringent people are about that sort of stuff these days. Because I know I was getting toy guns all the fucking time when I was a kid. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they they were the same way until recently, and I think that ship is in the process of sailing, because I don't (laughs) think you can hold it back forever. No, you can't. I think once you're in first grade, you're basically, it's out of your hands. Uh Uh-huh. We're now in in our household transitioning from the shooting of aliens to sometimes the shooting of humans uh, in video games. Sure pretty strict like halo esque. <clears throat> these are mostly aliens that are okay different forms of that and now occasionally a game where it's like okay no those I mean, are just those are just humans when you get down right to it aren't you just saying it's okay to kill one kind of sapient being but not another you know yes i am invasion okay. you're invasion a space of racist co- invasion of a covenant <laughs> uh-huh i'm gonna say those little, those little fuckers, <laughs> those, those little grunts deserved it. Okay, all right. Don't Caravelle is the space racist in the year three thousand. All right, here so we go. Don't give me your Halo Two apologist for the Covenant. They were all, they were all conquered and absorbed into the the collective. There, no, those fuckers are on. They're Can't on. Can't trust no being what made a gas. 
<laughs> Not you, Gleep Glop. You're one of the good ones. <laughs> That's right. He's my friend. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, it's yeah. tough. It's I know. Tough I'm just giving you shit. I, I know what you mean. It's very hard to draw that line and figure out like what's appropriate and what's not in a in a culture that is very widely accepting of gun violence in a lot of different ways in media and otherwise. Also in video games, as Brad, I'm sure you would figure out going through that list. Kind of hard to find games where you're not killing something. Uh-huh. Like where, yep. where you're just actually Harvest you're, Moon. Yep. You're not killing anything. Uh, yeah, like I said, even like a Star Wars, way more direct yeah. killing than I than I remembered. But you know, I they <coughs> excuse me, they've got Goose Game. Did yeah. I get a chance to play that one? Trombone Champ. I yep. think at first they were like, "What is uh-huh. this?" As soon as they heard it, though, uh-huh. they got the joy that that game. I think they understood. I think that game will be some family fun. Also, did you know that game is multiplayer? Yes. It goes I, up to four players. I think oh, they I know added four. that at some yes. point. So especially, and it's it's actually pretty great on the Switch with the motion controls, because okay. I'm sure you can envision exactly how you play that game with the motion controller. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, so four people just going nuts with <laughs> uh-huh. motion controlled trombone nonsense was a hit, let's say. It's uh, a really good, stupid game. Yes. Uh, sadly, we did know we only played like a third of these games. We didn't have a ton of time. So yeah, uh, they let's say uh, I and their dad may have hogged Street Fighter for a bit. <laughs> okay, which, which they found boring. Sure, but I think I think it was just because they weren't playing. Right. As soon as they saw fireballs and like Blanca turning electric coming out, they were seemed they seemed intrigued. So. Blanca is the entryway. I feel like for a mm-hmm. lot of younger kids mm-hmm. in in when it comes to fighting games and Street yep. Fighter in particular. Yep. Blanca will kill those guys. Yeah. Blanca has no problem. How do you kill? <laughs> you very hit, you tap. You tap A a lot very, yeah. very just quickly. Just mash that button and make the electricity <laughs> yeah. come out. That's where, don't worry. Blanca now just hold the back button for three seconds, then press this, and you will turn into a cool fucking ball of death. <laughs> That's right. Did you, uh, did you try Mega Man? No, we did not get around to Mega okay. Man 11. That could be frustrating. Yeah, I think so. Well, 11's not so bad. Is it? Okay. I, I picked that one because it looks modern. It's actual 3D graphics. It's not one of the like faux. Yeah, yeah. That was retro. the last one they made. Yeah, that's the the full on 3D one that was quite well received. Like but, that like, game is challenging, but it is not the abject fucker that nine and ten were. <laughs> yeah, like they're doing side scrolling stuff. Like they love Mario Wonder. Yeah, uh, and they played some Alien Hominid on my Xbox at one point, and okay. loved that despite uh, getting worked constantly because that game's <laughs> actually really hard. Kids uh, are think- resilient. Yes, mm-hmm. Mega Man is something they will grow into. I'm yeah, confident. Yeah, kids are resilient, and that's the thing I constantly have to remind myself is that I was like seven, mm-hmm. and I was getting my ass kicked in like Punch Out and fucking Kung yeah. Fu and the Mario Brothers early Mario Brothers games and stuff. But I kept going, yeah, because that was the point: is that right. a kid will figure out at some point. It's like, well, just because this is hard doesn't mean I can't do it. I'm just going to keep doing it because this is fun. And eventually they'll just figure it out and get good at it. There is a very weird thing. And this is, this is obviously we're now way past this point. But for me, in, in a, as, a, as a pinpoint in society, Vinny Caravella right here, uh, there is a very strange thing of like my son being able to pass the controller to me and be like, Dad, can you get the, me past this part in a game? Mm-hmm. Where I feel like growing up, that was not a thing. That was impossible. (laughs) Right. There was maybe a part of like, dad, can you help me change the oil on the car? Or dad, can you help me? Like I'm having trouble with this belt uh, tightening on the car, but not 
can you get past this boss in Metroid? Don't yeah. don't even get me started on the family gathering I went to where like th- all the kids in the family who were born around when I came of age. So like mm-hmm. when I was like 18 to 21 ish, you know, mm-hmm. those kids are all adults now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were talking games. That was a weird one. That was a yeah. weird, like talking to them about what their favorite games are. It's like one of them's like, oh, I love Hades. And I'm like. Nice. Oh, I used to work with the guy who wrote that game, and somebody another was like, "Oh, we're playing through Final Final Fantasy X two right now. Like, we're really we're on the last boss." I was like, "Oh, I reviewed that." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, starting like to feel old. Starting to feel a little old. Uh, but yeah. look, there are people who are basically in politics and running the show now mm-hmm. who have grown up playing video games and will reference video games in like policy and shit when the time comes. When somebody's up on that stump and is quoting Final Fantasy VII to you on the stump speech, then you know we've gone too far, right. and we'll know that video games were a mistake. You're saying what you're saying is we should start legislating via dress sphere. <laughs> that's, that's I've been right. saying that for that's, decades now. Every person will be assigned a job. Uh, we've mm-hmm. made a sphere grid here for your best talents. We are going mm-hmm. to put the marble in and see where it lands. It's the Listen, only way. If you know was the first woman president of the United States, I think I would be okay with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Brad? From no, the, that's, that's pretty much that it. That sounds I mean, pretty they, fun. Boy, yeah. they sure liked Nidhogg 2. I'll say that. Oh, Nidhogg 2. Interesting. Nidhogg 2. I did not have, I don't know if there's one out on consoles. I don't know. I, I, it must be. It has to be. It was at it. some point. Yeah. I, I, I feel I like I had a hard time finding it. I remember playing, booting it up on the PC for the kids. Uh, Right. I, I, I happen to already own Nidhogg 2 on Xbox. And I okay. was like, oh, that's like two buttons. They can yeah. probably figure that out. That, yeah. That both their dad and the older one like could not stop playing it. So, you, four year old wasn't quite getting it and didn't quite love it. But like as soon as, as, soon as you grasp video games, like I, I could see why that game would really get its hooks in people who'd never played it before. We played Nidhogg one. We don't. We do not play Nidhogg two in this house. Yeah, uh, two's two's weird, but it's what I had, and like if that's all you've ever played, then that's you know still pretty good. I know it's too late, but Spider Hack. Oh, but, duh! Yes, we played a shitload of Spider Hack. Oh, okay, okay. I totally. It was just. It was just a lot of what four player games do I have? Hell yeah, Spider Hack's rad, and they updated Spider-Hack. it, and there's a bunch of new stuff in it. Spider Hack was a huge, huge hit, even for like the four year old couldn't quite grasp it, but didn't seem to care that he was dying constantly. Okay. Just seem to be happy about playing it <laughs> anyway. It's fun uh, and goofy, and it moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like just doing the swinging alone is fun. So yeah, um, and lightsabers. Yes, uh, totally reliable delivery service is the okay. other one on the Xbox that we played that they were way into. Have you played that? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. That can't, that's not that old. I don't think we ever did anything with it on here, but it's uh, very loose. It's yes. like loose game. It's, it's like if Gang Beasts was an open world game. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh. That game's really stupid. Yes, it's it's just a, it's just dumb physics, open world missions to deliver stuff, but it's impossible to deliver stuff. And also, they could not have cared less about delivering stuff. <laughs> I just wanted that. to get in. I just wanted to get in the vehicles and break stuff. Human fall flat ish uh, yeah. type of game. Yes, um, yes, and not like I don't know those with like Doman games where you're like just a blob. Okay, that's the last thing I'll say. Actually, I I now have a PS5 out here, which is nice because I may still be out here for some time in the future, off and on, but. Uh, I they love Spider Man, especially the younger one. Okay, love Spider Man. Like as a, a and as a whole, or just, just as a, game? a character, okay. as a, as just as a concept. Like half of the clothing is Spider Man. <laughs> uh, I was all excited to show them Spider Man Two, that lasted like ten or fifteen minutes. 
And what then they wanted to go back to totally reliable delivery. Oh, scripts. okay. <laughs> like I very much was questioning my uh, chops for a minute there of like, uh, man, I am completely out of touch with the youth. Yeah. That I thought they would want to see this extremely good, polished looking, big budget superhero game. They yeah. just wanted to go. They just wanted to go play the dumbass physics hijinks thing. Yep. I there's something amazing about kids that I, I at least the ones that I have encountered, and it's been a decent amount now that. Th- it's it's wonderful. They are at a, at a graphic agnostic time in their lives where it's like it doesn't matter. Like y- you and I and Alex, we all appreciate how good Spider Man looks, but that's not an accomplishment for them, right? That's yeah, like, right. yeah, of course it looks like it. Well, I don't know what else do you want, but this looks silly and dumb, and that's fun. There's yeah. no there's no timeline. There's no like timeline from really bad looking game to really good looking game because they all just look good. Right, uh, if you want them to, and they've uh, been introduced to video games at a time when that's just the standard. Not yeah. like us who've gone decades watching each iteration of graphics get better and be like, "Well, actually, no, you don't understand." Two generations ago, this <laughs> yeah, level of fidelity yeah. was not like they don't give a fuck because yeah, it's everything's just a there. choice. Yeah. yeah, like like that that game looks like a high res PS one <clears throat> game basically, and they could not have cared less. Uh, yeah. The delivery like, I, service game. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I was disappointed for about five seconds. They didn't want to see Spider-Man. And then I was like, yeah, you know, like they're actually they're gravitate, gravitating toward the thing that is improvisational mm. that encourages them to just experiment and the sandboxy stuff, stuff yeah. to do on their own. Right. And I was like, that's probably actually the right decision. And then I was like, oh, these big budget cinematic games are for adults. Well, like, I can see why it, 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 it kind of hit me. It was like, I can see why kids maybe wouldn't care about this so much. You now know, you have now opened the door that the Roblox people opened many years ago and have also came to the same conclusion. The kids, they don't care about the Spider-Man graphics. Nope. They just want to play the dumb farty stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, how do you monetize that Roblox? They no longer want pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> nice. You, you, you just reminded me I should just call up their parents and preemptively say no Roblox just don't just don't you should say be warned just be do warned. not do just well shit they're gonna hear about it from their friends I was gonna say just never speak the word but like, they're gonna find out one way or another but just don't you should have gone on a, I would have been curious for you to go on a Roblox journey with them to to kind of shepherd the, hold their hands on a Roblox journey you have to first of all you have to make accounts for everyone which mm-hmm. sucks. Um I don't know how much local multiplayer stuff there is. Are there tablets in the house? Do they have tablets? Are there like, like, like iPads? super old ones? Okay. Not 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 anything current. Cuz that's how we had to wind up doing the Roblox in this house was like okay, someone's on an iPad, someone's on an Xbox. Um Roblox, man. I look, I get it. What do you uh, Yeah. I don't I don't think I'm brave enough for Roblox. You might like it. There's a lot of like clicker esque stuff in there that you're like, sure, yeah, okay, I knock it, but like, yeah, I'll I'll hit this button a thousand times to get a power up. You know, mm-hmm. now, I, now I definitely don't need to see that. I ain't I too good. That sounds kind of fun. Sounds I ain't dangerous. Too good for it. Uh, all right, should we take a break? We'll come back, talk a little bit more video game stuff, and we'll talk maybe uh, your thoughts on the. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last time on the Game Awards show and stuff that happened during the break news and all that stick around we'll be right back this week's show is brought to you by rocket money alex and brad it is 2024 and for me that means one thing and one thing only time to look over all those subscriptions i had built up over the last year or two and uh figure out if i need them or not alex 
I hear you. I feel you. I mean, look, rocket money, man. I'll tell you where my money's rocketing. Out of my pocket and into the hands of various companies, some of which maybe I don't need to be giving to them anymore. Do you remember when we were all gonna cut the cord and just get services a la carte? We're just gonna pay for the things we need and I'm not gonna pay big cable for these big packages anymore? We were gonna do a lot of things once. I was young once. Yeah. <laughs> Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spendings, and helps lower your bills. You can see all your subscriptions in one place, and if you see something you don't want, you cancel it with a tap. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year. $720! Tony Hawk would have trouble spinning that many times in a row. Nice. Good Thank stuff. You. <laughs> you got there before I did. With over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. So keep your Patreon subscription and let Rocket Money take care of the rest of them for you. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right. We're back. Uh, and more stuff during the break. Alex, you got up to anything uh, game-wise? Yeah, here and there. I spent a lot of this time uh, finally doing the remaining tidying of this basement space <laughs> that I have been putting off for months because it just would have required me to sit down for an entire day and actually clean, which is maybe my least favorite thing to do in the world. Mm. But I did it. Uh, I did a few things here. I uh, finally broke down that apparatus you had built for the, the driving wheel for the trucking. Uh -huh. Uh, -huh. uh, because that thing was not going to fit under my desk if I was going to ever try and use the wheel again. Okay. Uh, so I bought a stick shifter mount okay. for the, sti the shifter. The steering wheel can just go on top of the desk and the foot pedals just fit underneath. Okay. So now I just got to hook them up, but otherwise they're all there. And so that's sweet. Sweet. Yeah. You're ready to go. I'm ready to go. I need to track okay. IR thing or whatever yeah. that. There's another solution I think now that isn't track IR that people there's are using. Eye tracking one. Yeah, uh, I, so I haven't used it. I might. I might try that out at some okay. point and see what it's like. But uh, I feel like that's the last missing piece for that. Uh, I now have good walking space everywhere. The nice. drums are kind of in their spot. Everything's kind of wired in a way that it doesn't look like a complete disaster. Uh, and the last thing I did was set up all my tiny consoles on this little shelf I have here so that I can just plug them direct into my second monitor, and I spent a lot of time playing old NES games. Yeah? Like, uh, yeah. Give me, like, three you got into there. Uh, I spent a bunch of time playing Rad Racer for some reason, and I could not really <laughs> tell you why, except that it had been on my mind for some reason. Okay. As, like, a game that I remembered playing a bunch at friends' house when I was younger, but it was just one I never owned. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I was like, fuck it. This <laughs> is the time for Rad Racer. And that game's all right. Uh, okay, it's maybe yeah. not. It, maybe I had made it a little bigger in my memory than it actually was. It's just a it's a pretty okay racing game. That's fine. Did, did you play it 3D? Uh, no, I did I not. I assume the 3D mode is still in there. I think I think so. I I don't I just I just booted it up and played for a, a couple of hours and just just tried to get decently good at it. I'm not that good at it. 
Uh, and then I just, I, I, I bopped around a bunch. I spent a bunch of time playing, like, old game show adaptations for the NES. Like, I, mean, I played sure the remote this... control game for yeah, a while. Yeah, I'm sure all the questions have aged really well. Eh, you know, I mean, other than sort of, like, the kind of, of the time, sort of, like, shitty fat jokes about celebrities and things like that, it's not that bad. Oh, I just, uh, I just even meant more of like, boy, you have to have some old '80s, '90s knowledge to. Get oh yeah, and I'm look, man, that's all I've got rolling around in okay. this noggin. I don't really have much else uh, other than that. So yes, I did pretty well <laughs> at remote control. I did slightly less good at uh, Jeopardy. It, of course, I did well at Wheel of Fortune because that's the easiest game show in the world. Um, uh-huh. Short of you know, just literally like you know the the fucking what was it the the what was the one with the briefcases where you were just like I want that briefcase and then like the banker uh, deal or no deal the Howie Mandel oh. show that's oh. the easiest show in the world because you don't do anything I don't even know how you play that you just pick numbers oh and hope okay. that one of them doesn't have the number you want inside the briefcase that's like a fairly modern that's like a post um, that was like it's it's Vinny yeah I reviewed Deal or No Deal games at Gamespot. Oh come on, man! It's been almost twenty years. Uh, well, I oh, was yeah, going to say, was... post who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. Post, yes, it was in that vein. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Like when when we, America just started importing all its game shows from the UK. Yeah, and then I tried to play a couple of games that were like ones that I remembered vexing me as a child. Like I booted up the Who Framed Roger Rabbit game, which oh, is uh, a nightmare okay. to get that's through. Right. Yes, yeah, so that's a weird game. It's okay. very weird. It's very disjointed. It doesn't make like nothing you do in it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> But I remember renting it like a half dozen times because I was determined to like it because I loved Who Framed Roger Rabbit so much. Yeah. And that never worked. And let me tell you right now, even with a guide up, it still isn't very good. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just an excuse to finally sit down and be like, I've had these consoles. <laughs> I fucking already flashed them with a million games. So why don't uh-huh. I just sit there and actually play them? And that was fun. You know, yes. that was just like a nice couple of afternoons of just Hell digging yeah. into some old retro shit. Enjoy your now clean space to like relax and play well, some cleaner games. is what I will cleaner say. Much cleaner. Space. You know, like a beanbag chair, bowl of popcorn, go play some Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, it's good Sounds stuff. Sounds like a great break. Yeah, it was a good time. And, you know, I mean, I caught up on the last couple of games for my list this year that I wanted to kind of dig into some more or finish. And I did. So that's that stuff is all pretty much white. I played more Forza than I thought okay. I was going to over the break. I like that game i think more than i maybe actually gave it credit for at the at the you know kind of when it came out it's not that it's that different it's just that it hit me the right way this year and also maybe is still probably the most successful thing that microsoft put out this year uh but yeah i don't know i just i for some reason i was just like i'm going to drive these cars for a while cuz i don't want to sure. think the only thing i want to think about is do i need to hit the e brake or not that racing wheel won't work on the xbox right no, it's a PlayStation wheel. Yeah. It will work on PC, but it it, yeah. it won't work on on the Xbox. I think they had those adapters that are now banned. Didn't we talk about that on one of the news things? I think the, so. Yeah, yeah, where they're like gonna not work anymore. That's a bummer because that's a nice racing wheel. No, it is, and that's the thing is, I, I, I'm not going to use it on Xbox for the most part. That's fine. Yeah. I can live with that. But they, but I, you know what? It might work if I download the PC, the PC version of Forza on the PC board version of Forza. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Should do that. I oh. should probably do that at some. Should point. do that. Um, but yeah, my that, break was a lot of that. And then also I just sat around listening to a lot of like late nineties, early two thousands indie bands for some reason. I don't, it's mostly the fault of this dude Keegan. I know from Twitter, he's in this band called camp trash. 
He spent a lot of this break talking about this band, the Dismemberment Plan, that I used to listen to a oh, lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, if we're doing the indie rock is coming back thing, I can maybe get behind that. But also, I kind of want to go back to some of that stuff and, like, is this actually good? And you know what? Surprising a number of those bands and those albums, that stuff is still pretty fucking good. Still good. Still good. That sounds like a fun break. I spent today just listening to a bunch of dismemberment playing again, and I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Like, I I don't know that there needs to be a new wave of that stuff or anything, but those albums are still pretty good. When you listen, are you are you like headphones or speakers? Like- today was speakers. Depends on okay. my mood. Um, okay. You know, I've got those studio monitors here. They're pretty good. You're not- the, num- the number one purpose of a house is to play whatever you want as loud as you want. Totally. Especially if I'm two floors away from my partner where she <laughs> works, so... You're not sitting in one of those like big chairs with the big egg headphones on and the it's kind of I could see myself becoming one of those guys and I'm trying not to. Okay. I'm High not fidelity. trying to buy obscure directional speakers that were made <laughs> exclusively in 1986 because they uh-huh. have the rated best sound by the guys on this forum. Uh-huh. That's not the way I want to live my life. I'm not Rob Zachney, but not I yet. could be. Could and be. I'm trying to stop that from happening at every turn. Fair. Fair. Just for the sake of my bank account. Uh, anything else, Alex? That's basically it. I mean, you'll find out a little bit more about that stuff, I guess, when I post my top 10 list. I, I assume we're all still probably posting our top 10 list at some point, right? Trying to get it done. I'm working on it. I started uh, writing it today, so it should be done soon. I've got a couple of things. It was good. The, the break was a good chance. There were some things I couldn't get to during the year, uh, and I was able to uh, touch some of it during the break. Uh, one of them was, uh, Beat Saber. So we, we did that virtual reality stream. Uh, I think it was the week before we went out Yeah, and I was like, man, there is stuff for PSVR too. Uh, I should go check it out. And we played a bunch of stuff. And one of the things that came out this year for PSVR two was Beat Saber. I uh, had been out for a while, but I'd never played it. That game is awesome. Oh, People have said, said it was awesome. I don't think I realized how awesome it is. There's a reason they keep throwing that game into new VR commercials, because (laughs) despite its age, it is still probably one of the most, like, specifically enjoyable things you can do in VR right now. Yeah, I I, didn't it start on Oculus, I think? I don't think it was ever. I think that's right. I don't know if it was ever exclusive or not. I mean, obviously it's not now, but, like, I I would say that game has, that game has probably had the reputation of being the closest thing to a VR killer app that there is mm, so yeah. far in terms of just a broad appeal kind of thing. I mean, it's not quite there, but yeah, people love that thing. I wish there were more songs for it. Like, uh, there, there are, there There's are quite a, a number, of, but yeah, there, there are quite a number, but it's like some songs and I, for me, some styles of songs work better than others. Like, like, like the queen pack in it is great. And I, I went through a lot of that, but, I don't think it's as fun to play as some of the more um, techno and kind yeah. of, uh, electronic music. And it. it's just such a well-made atmospheric thing. Yeah, it's high energy electronica feels like the thing that game was made for. But, but there you was, can oh, make just about any other kind of music work if you re- if you're really dedicated to it. My favorite so. song in it was the uh, um, uh, who are the high, high high hopes for the living people? That Panic at the Disco Fallout Boy. 
Or no, no, you're right. That is Panic at the Disco. They they do a, a Greatest Showman song in it, and I think that's my favorite song in the thing to play. It has that 360 VR mode uh-huh. in it. Uh, it's freaking, it's fun. And the, the family likes the Greatest Showman soundtrack. The kids all tried it. My son tried it. He was able to do it. It was like, it's like kind of a workout. You're moving. Yeah. yeah I was, uh, do you have to rearrange furniture to play this game? I mean, obviously, I got a different room, but mm, yeah. okay. So I, I, so I bought for me, I, I bought, um, Alex, you're familiar with it. I'll just describe. I have a very narrow, skinny room where I play games. Mm-hmm. It's very, very tight quarters. I couldn't do anything in their VR. So I bought an extension cable for the VR, which allows me to just take the headset into the more like dining living room area. And then I move the couches and stuff away. So, you know, you don't need to be in front of the TV for, for the yeah. VR. So I just kind of put a longer cable on it and then moved everything over there. And I, yes, I have to shove all the furniture to the walls, um, to, to have what is, I forget what it is like nine feet by nine feet or something like that. Um, the, the, the square footage to, and even then I have to trick it a little bit and be like, no, 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 like we're, we're, we're good. Just everybody watch out. Don't get too close to the banister here. Is that, is that like the minimum? Like, do they want room scale? Like they, they don't get, oh, a, you like, don't need it for that g- mode. Oh, okay. you don't need it for that game. But, um, I, that's what I like to, if I can do it, I'll do it. I think it's like 6.7 feet or something like that. I couldn't, when we did the VR stuff in the basement, I couldn't make that work. I did not have that space to do that. So I just did standing, you know, they have different modes in, in beat saber. That's like, Oh, full 360 or, you know, you know, just one saber or two sabers. And it's really, I can't recommend it enough. If you've been on the fence and you have a PlayStation VR two or any kind of VR, it's just really fun. And yeah, I played a, I played a bunch it. of it on PSVR one. So you know, like that—that yeah. that was probably the thing I played the most on that headset. It's yeah, cool. I should, I should, I should grab that. Uh, it's but, yes, it, it's a load of fun, uh, and the, just the feel of it is very, very, very good, very well done. Uh, I also jumped into Dave the Diver, uh, a game that you dove uh, into you know, it. Uh, dove into Dave the D- Diver, you know, indie game, uh, an yeah. indie darling. Yes, the greatest indie game of 2023, I'm hearing. Uh, um, you know, a lot of people had talked about it. I think that game, I finished it. I wanted to play in a bunch of it over the break. Um, I think that game's all right. I think it's a, charming. It's a lot of fun. It's, I think, maybe a little too long uh, in terms of uh, uh, kind of how long it holds on to its charm. Mm-hmm. But overall, it like it was a great game to just like plop on the couch and play for a couple of hours because it's you don't have to think a lot on it, and it's um, fairly forgiving. It's a very checkpointed fairly forgiving game uh that you can kind of just muddle your way through if you want to uh, yeah I, I liked what i played of it but it did seem like the loop could maybe get a little repetitive after a while like do they change it up enough they they it's it's one of those cool games where like oh man you made this mini game that you're going to use like two times like that's neat or like mm-hmm. you made this mini game you're gonna this is like a new mini game that's that's okay, fun so they, so they do it's not just that's not like literally the same sushi serving mechanic every single time over and over <laughs> So they do upgrade some of that stuff where you get staff and then the, you, so you're not doing all of the, the mini menial kind of work. Like uh, you're, you're not getting fr- I got to the point where I could just do wasabi. Right. And the rest of the staff is taking care of everything else uh, and still get the five stars. You're hiring people. They flesh that stuff out. You're, you're there's like a crop growing mechanic. You get a fish farm. They add a lot of layers on top of it. But at the core, you are diving deeper and trying to capture fish. That's, mm-hmm. You know, that is the main thing. The only frustrating parts are like if you underestimate or 
uh, let's say overestimate your abilities, underestimate the strength of what you're fighting Mm -hmm. and run out of oxygen while you're underwater, you can lose like might be a 25 minute run uh, and you only get the surface bringing one item back up with you. So that's pretty, that's very deflating. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I just needed one more hit. I was a second away. Because you could stay underwater for a long time. Um, usually your bag gets full before 10 minutes or so, but you could stay underwater doing stuff. But fun game. Uh, I see why people really, really enjoyed it. Uh, when I was playing it and after I beat it, I was like, would this have changed my mind during our like top 10 stuff or, or our game of the year stuff? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it would have. Uh, like, is it going to make my top 10? I'm not sure, but it'll probably get an honorable mention on there. Fun game though. Uh, the other one that I think might, and I'm still on my way through might or would have changed something. It's sea of stars. That game's awesome. Uh, that's another one that came highly recommended from a lot of people. It is a, uh, to just kind of, uh, put it in a bucket, a mana like game, a a secret of mana, if you will. Oh, I thought it was more of a, is it turn-based? Uh, it is turn-based in the combat. Okay. It is I which which one is secret turn-based? No, uh, no, it's it's more of a Zelda. It's like an action, like a direct control action. Okay. Slash. Okay. It's more like Chrono Trigger esque, probably. Maybe, maybe then that was my that was my impression of it. So you, yeah, you, that might it is turn-based in the combat. Uh, okay. So you, but you have um, you have I'm pretty early on, still only a few hours. It, it's just great vibes in that game Mm -hmm. i love what's going on the combat's also cool where it's got some of that um i don't know where this first started but uh it's like the mario rpg games where you have to like hit the button at the right time when you're doing an action it's got that in it um so it kind of keeps the you kind of keep the um action kind of nimble where you're not just like jamming on the button to get through there's also this kind of um uh, uh, the the enemies can have a defense, and each of your characters has a type of attack that can break through their defense. So, say an enemy has like two swords on them. Uh, again, I'm still early on, but two swords. And if you don't, if you don't break those two swords on top of their head, those icons by the time they attack, they'll do a special attack. Mm-hmm. So you want to use the character's attack that does slashing damage, let's say, or bludgeoning damage, or moon damage. Uh-huh. Or, it's a cool mechanic. It like really makes you think about, um. The, the the enemy you want to attack beyond who has the lowest health, right? Like Because, oh, if I don't focus on this enemy, they're going to do this attack. Or if I don't use this character to hit this enemy, it really adds enough to make the game uh, a lot of fun. And like I said, I think the vibes are great. And you start off, I, I, look, I'm old. I, I've been, it's been a while since I put on my JRPG pants. Couldn't even remember The Secret of Mana was a, a, a real-time action game. Look at that. Uh, what's the other Mana game? Oh uh, gosh, that's a, a twisted history. Or is this what's um, Evermore? What's the secret? Ever, of Evermore? Evermore was made in the U.S. Evermore okay. was developed in by Square SquareSoft L.A. or something like that. Okay, that was that one's not as fondly looked on. Okay, uh, like the first, the first, make, the first game I think is Final Fantasy the Legend or Adventure on Game Boy. Okay, and then the second one is the SNES Secret of Mana. The third one never came out here until like very recently, the last few years. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I do remember that weird. announcement. And then they've made a couple of recent, or actually they just announced a, like a fifth one, I think, at the Game Awards, because they made a fourth one a few years ago, Trials of Mana. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird series. Uh, it, this feels comfortable in a way that there are no bars ticking down for turns, you know, ATB, no active time battle, whatever, whatever Final Fantasy wound up calling those things. 
Um, you could take your time. You could switch characters, turn order in the battle, which is nice because you're doing these kind of uh, special attacks. They give you two relics at the start of the game. One makes the game harder. One makes the game easier. And like, turn them on if you want. Like, do what you want to do. Like, are you? I think that's great. Um, it made me be like, you know, I think my this could be my kid's first big RPG or JRPG. Like this, mm-hmm. and there's a part in the game where I was like, oh man, they're going to make this character turn out to be the enemy. There's there's a part in the game where you don't see your childhood friend for like 10 years. And I'm like, oh man, this character is going to be, they were such good friends. And they're like, what happened? And like, this is going to be the big enemy in the game. But no, you just get back together, take, get big hugs and he joins your party. He's like, I've been waiting for you guys for like 10 years. Where you been? I'll be your cook. This is awesome. Let's go adventure together. I'm like, this is what I wanted. This mm-hmm. is great. These are the good vibes that I wanted from this game. Sea of stars, really enjoying it. I just want to play more of it. Um, I'm curious to see where it goes. Again, I'm still pretty early on in the game, uh, but uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. What, what are you playing it on? Seems seems like a good portable game. So I bought it because I don't, I don't play that much stuff on the Switch, uh, so I just bought it on PS5. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was going to buy it on the PC. I'm I'm now going through this phase now that there's a lot of console games on PC. Like, there are fewer exclusives except on Nintendo. When I look at my catalog of games the PC becomes the one that I can go back to despite generations and still play those games. Right. So I'm like, you know what? The PC, no matter what console, I don't have to dig up an old console and just mm-hmm. play it on the PC. <clears throat> so like old Assassin's Creed games where I'm like, ah, you know, I bought this on PS3. Like, do I have to buy it again on PS4 or whatever? It's like, if I have it on the PC, I just play it on the PC. Mm-hmm. So I've been leaning more towards if given the choice, I'm probably going to buy it on the PC because if I want to go back and play Sea of Stars 10 years from now, it's probably still going to be on it. Well, let's hope it's still going to be on the PC. I don't have to dig out my PS5, right? Yeah. But my TV's big. Uh huh. Which is fine because I can play through the Steam Link or on the, through Moonlight, but it doesn't pass through HDR. And I'm not saying Sea of Stars is the game to have HDR on. Right. But there's still something to be like, Sitting on the couch with my PS5 controller, just playing this nice JRPG. It's kind of just where I want it. Right, what you're saying is you just want it to have that option and for it to be functional. I'm just saying that's what I went through my head. I was like, look, I could definitely sit on my couch and play this game that's on my PC. I have all the mechanisms in place, but I just put it. Yeah. <laughs> plus it was on, plus it was on sale both places. It was they had the same exact sale in both places. So, uh, sitting on a couch playing a JRPG on a PlayStation on a TV. Sounds right. There's there's, mm-hmm. there's a there's a throwback quality to that. Yeah, right. And this game for me at least my JRPG happened on a Super Nintendo. I was not playing JRPGs, but I didn't have a PlayStation, but you know, mine were the Final Fantasies <laughs> mystic quest if you will uh-huh. don't 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 judge me no shame in mystic quest um you know seventh saga those games all on the uh on the super nintendo at the time which is a big jrpg machine at the time and this has those it's it looks like those games uh anyway sea of stars pretty great uh and like brad mentioned that is available pretty much everywhere if you want to go get it it's on the switch if you want to go buy it there I don't yeah, know if I, it was on sale there, too. I've got to check that out. I've heard too much praise for that game, and I was too into those games back in the day to not. Also, I'm just going to real quick bring up, I found I have, a, I have a complete inbox, like very nice, almost pristine quality Chrono Trigger in this house. Jeez. Mm-hmm. For anybody listening, is that worth anything? I haven't bothered to look it up. Wait, Probably like, worth something. But it's Unopened like, or open? No, it's open. But, it's open. I played but repackaged it, you know, like the, well? 
but the like the box the box and all the the hundred percent of the contents are like in basically flawless condition. Jeez, even a little white insert for the game. Yeah, like everything. Jeez. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah, it's probably still worth something. Yeah. So, man, I need to do some more digging in here. <laughs> Who knows Chrono what treasures Trigger. await? Great game. Um. And then I spent the rest of my time um, with my family. I was like, man, I'm going to do work How on my garage. You? Yeah. And How then dare I was you like, do that? I'm going to spend time with my kids while my kids still want to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I decided to do. And uh, we played before a bunch of games. Before it's too late. <laughs> before they really don't. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, we played a bunch of stuff and uh, sat down, did a bunch of things. And with my son for Christmas, he got a battle bot. Like... Uh, a little ant weight battle bot and we made it and now he's got basically what is a small thing with a tiny lawnmower blade on top of it that could probably do some real damage that we need to figure out how we're going to Mm -hmm. (laughs) implement usage of this highly destructive device um so i does that mean i think that means i've got to get a battle bot as well because what what use is is a battle bot even a battle bot if it's not battling there are only so many plastic cups you can destroy, you know? There's, no, there's nothing sadder than only having one of a thing that is meant to go in a pair. A, yes. A bot forever battling. For, for killing. <laughs> for killing, specifically. Yes. So I think, I think I need to go get one. I have to build an arena now because these things shred. I don't know if you guys have seen battle bots or are or, or, or aware of mm-hmm. robot fighting, but these things shred each other. Like they. Um, oh, yeah. They it's just, a bloodbath. If there was blood. pieces go flying all over the place, sparks, uh, maybe Basically. sparks like uh, uh, shreds of plastic and, and metal. So it needs to go inside some kind of an enclosure. And then uh, it, it's great because it's the gift that keeps on giving. Now, every birthday or holiday, you got to buy new pieces to repair that thing after it gets destroyed. Uh, so that's how they get we're you. going. We're going to a Jersey competition to watch one uh, in the near future. So that'll be fun. But uh, it's it's battle bot and it's robot fighting time. Thanks, Farouk. Better, better them than us. <laughs> the robots? Yes. They're cool. I mean, I'm not going to say they're not cool, but they're also expensive and a lot to keep up with. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was the break. We mentioned more stuff on the Ramblecast, um, uh, movies, Blue Man Groups, all the, you know, your usual Kia mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, you can go check that out from this week's Ramblecast. DC. Yeah museums you can go the stealing the constitution you know mm-hmm. go hear all about that it's huge man have you seen it it's like a that's what they cloth. say the constitution's huge uh so that uh, that bill of rights it's huge it's uh very important all of them uh i think we're gonna take a quick break here we'll come back we'll talk about what happened in the world of video games stick around okay we are back and before we get too started on uh, some uh, of the news of the video game world and et cetera, et cetera, uh, you guys kind of missed the opportunity to share any of your your immediate reactions, let's say, to the Game Awards show. Uh-huh. Uh, some folks kind of wanted to hear what you, I wanted to hear what you had to say, anything yeah, that man. stuck out. I was, so, I was so ready. I watched yeah. that thing live. I had like a list made. Mm-hmm. I was all ready to go. And then- Got a phone call like five minutes before we were supposed to start start recording and had to bail. Uh, but yes, should we just talk about like some of the stuff that caught our attention? I think so. We don't have to do a whole recap. I'm just curious personally for you, anything that stood out or 
the show in general or etc what happened well clearly this sega quintuple announcement was the mm-hmm. most bananas thing that was a weird thing. one what in the world like not in a bad way but in very much like a oh okay it's, so that's your direction now all right yeah is i'm it, not like immediately ready to get excited about it they basically announced remakes or sequels or whatever for like five very hallowed sega franchises sega is Crazy decided. Taxi really hallowed? I, yeah, hell yeah, for, man. Uh, it's good. Yeah. I think Crazy Taxi is a good Sega mascot for that generation. Like, for that, that, like, that, that offspring song comes on and you're in it. Yeah, yeah. you're not wrong about that. Like, I, I mean, Crazy Taxi is a very simple game. It's not like something I think about often or whatever, but it is, yeah, it's totally emblematic of a certain era of the arcade and Sega, right? That's what it yeah. is. Is it's, it's emblematic to me of arcade stuff. It is not a particularly memorable home experience, which is uh, what they exclusively deal in now, mostly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, in fact, of these games, that's, well, that's maybe the one I would be the least interested. Actually, the, the beat-em-ups, maybe more so. It's, okay, it's Jet Set Radio, Shinobi, mm-hmm. Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, and Crazy Taxi. They are making new ones of all of those and they showed all of them those yeah. are all, like those are all things that i would at the very least be like i'd like to see what you do with that now yeah like i'd say like just that radio looks really good it just looks like a good modern looking one of those mm-hmm. or you know follow up to that not, yeah. not one of those it is it is that it's it not, is just that radio present now because i think that original game did take place in uh 2024 huh interesting uh it's just nice to see that game in some nice high fidelity uh, and that shinobi game looks awesome because it's 2D and, like, actual hand-drawn looking art, mm-hmm. from what I can tell. It looks very Mark of the Ninja-esque to me. Well, I mean, you're uh, now a ninja expert on account of all the movies we watch, so, like, nice, you would know. Course. I would know, yes. Uh, yeah, that Shinobi game looks awesome. The Golden Axe and Streets of Rage, like, I guess beat-em-ups can be cool in 2024 now. But yeah, I'd do it. That remains, yeah, that remains to be seen. Like they'll, they're gonna need to like embellish those somehow to make them modern and cool. I mean, to be fair, that last Streets of Rage game was good. Yeah, fair, fair. Uh, these, let's see, is actually so. Golden Axe is definitely a third-person, full-on 3D game. Is okay. of Rage also that's so? Yes. I, I want to say when we were talking, I was talking with this with Patrick on the podcast. I think he might have mentioned that some of these could be proof of concept videos that are used to hire people and to kind of bring people in to develop these mm-hmm. might might not be indicative. I, I don't want to be misquoting Patrick and I definitely don't want to at, attribute it to him if he didn't say it, but um I I, I don't know how how we much how we should far take along these, these are. At, yeah, that these are like this is what it'll be and um but you it's still know, a wild thing, thing to be like, this is my Game Awards announcement is here's these games that all you old heads remember, but don't remember the last time we tried to bring these things back in like PS2 era because those weren't very good. But we're doing it for reals this time. Right. And these kind of look, well, maybe not in every case, but in some cases more true to the originals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I just the bold energy they have in yeah. that whole trailer is it's very confident. It's, Sega like Sega believes in itself again. Like it's it's definitely a. I shouldn't say cynical, but it's definitely a nostalgia play. For sure. But it but it seems like an effective one. It seems like they're doing a good job with it. Like any 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 and all of these could be cool. Like even that crazy taxi, like when you see it, like it, it looks very good, you know, like it looks like a modern, high quality looking racing game, like nice nice fidelity, nice cars. I mean it's it, they're in luck because I am at the exact age where a nostalgia play hits me at the exact right spot. So by all means, yeah, bring it to yeah. me. Give me my slop. Let's do see, it. I feel 
I feel better about that because millennials are now starting to move into that same territory and there uh-huh. are way more of them than there are of us. Yeah. So I feel like we are now in good company where like even the people <laughs> younger than us are starting to get nostalgic for stuff from 20 years ago. You know, technically I am a millennial. You're okay, a, you're well. a, you're an old man. I'm on, on the cusp. Yeah. Look, I'm a, I'm an, I'm a young Gen Xer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're an old millennial. I'm a young Gen Xer. We all just want the same thing. Good. Look, Sega we're games. the dial-up internet generation. We're the micro generation. That's all it yeah. is. <laughs> we're the, yeah, there aren't a lot of us out there. No. Uh, this trailer has the vibe of like starting basically with a thing. The the text could have said, "We know what you idiots want. Mm-hmm. Here it is." Yeah. We're Eat gonna keep up. making those Yakuza games because those are real good, and people keep buying those. But also, you know, now that you're buying some of our other games. What if we just made those old games that you remember now and on not you don't just have to play them in the Yakuza arcades? But I yeah. think the difference being like not what if we did, like we're doing it and yeah. you're gonna love it. It's like a really confident step for them to be like, yeah. just take look a new direction for Sega. Hopefully this plays out and they don't fall flat. You know, hopefully yes. like you know what? This these I, were not good games. I think as yeah. long as they're not getting back into the hardware business, they're probably okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, they, 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 they straight up, like, start this with the original, like, Sega, you know, Sega, like, yeah. coming mm-hmm. out of an arcade machine, like, they're they're going for it. Like, any and all of these could have turned out to be not great, but I'm, I appreciate that they're trying. Yeah. Yes. And it's not just, like, a, and there's some commitment behind it. Yeah, this uh, seems yes, to be their direction the for a bunch of their stuff going forward. Yes. Uh, anything else pop out of you guys? Um, we don't have to go through everything. Obviously, it's been a bit. Yeah, we kind of we kind of we covered some of the stuff in the game of the year, kind of most mm-hmm. anticipated bits. Yeah, uh, like Light No Fire is probably mm-hmm. like conceptually the most interesting thing in here to me. Yeah, uh, I can't mm-hmm. remember how much we said about that there. It's specifically like how are they doing the multiplayer? You know, right? Like, like is it actually just going to be? Can you stumble into anybody at any time on this planet that everybody shares? Because if so, that seems unprecedented. Yeah, I for me. I, yeah, the stuff I was interested in as far as the announcements went, I think we mostly covered on the uh, the 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 Game of the Year podcast stuff. But you know, I mean, look, I I the main reason I haven't like said a lot about this show or what was going on with any of it is because I'm just I think I'm kind of tired of bagging on Keeley and that whole production. Uh, I, there's nothing new for me to say because it has the same problems every year, and it's just like, well, he's never going to change because. This is the show he wants to make. Yeah, I, I, I will. I will actually say the playing people off aggressively is a new problem. Yeah, which, like that. That one in particular very much just seems like a response to the Christopher Judge thing, which like you could have just made a joke about that and moved on. I don't <laughs> know. If actually, it, have to turn that into show policy to like give people zero time to talk. It's like a double thing of like the the Christopher Judge thing, and also I think to some degree the wanting to minimize the possibility of let's say chucklehead streamers getting up there and doing dumb shit like they did when when uh, Elden Ring won. Uh, the problem is that the way that they are solving that problem is by continuing to push the people who are actually ostensibly the reason you're doing the show further and further to the sidelines, so that your trailer schedule does not get interrupted and. Again, that has been my problem with this show pretty much since its inception. It is not a problem that has gotten better. If anything, it has gotten worse. But again, my idea for what a Games Award show clearly does not line up with what Jeff Keighley's is, and I don't have the ear of the industry the way that he does, so I can't make my show. Yeah, it's... 
we talked about this uh, when it, after it happened. There, there winds up being this, like, the reason these trailers are on there are because there are eyeballs on there, and the reason there are eyeballs on there might be might be because you have stars on there and more trailers on there, and you get the snowball effect. All the, the stars I- are here. Yeah, right. And, and like the the eyeballs aren't necessarily there, and I don't mean that I agree with this, but aren't necessarily there to hear the developers talk about their award and get their awards. They're there because they want to see the next big trailer, or they want to see uh, Matthew McConaughey out there, or like the the big eyeballs out there. So you wind up in this thing of like. Do you need to separate the show out from something? Does it need to well, be teased apart? You're right, but also, I, you know, I actually that actually brings me to the one thing that actually maybe does make this seem worse than it has been in the past is that Keeley is no longer restricted to just this platform for where he can get his sponsorship deals and trailers in front of people. Like the man has basically swallowed <laughs> summer. <laughs> Yeah. He owns it now for video yeah. games. Like he is doing the opening light live at stuff at Gamescom. Mm. He basically has taken E3 and shoved it into his pocket and said, fuck it. It's mine now. Yeah, yeah. Like it's no longer a situation where he is having to find an excuse to do big game trailers and big reveals and all that kind of stuff. If anything, that's he, that's his domain now. So and- like if he wanted to, he could push a lot of that stuff into other places and say, no, this is actually a time to celebrate the developers and the, the games and all that. But if anything, he seems to be leaning harder in the other direction. And that says to me, I will never like the things that he does because they are not what I want out of an award show. Yeah, yeah that's possible. I mean, I, you know, I'm not I'm in no way defending the format of that thing or any de- creative decisions he's made. But, I, you know, I guess I guess I will say we don't know what the economics of putting that thing on are. I bet they suck ass. Like I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. it's a pretty expensive show to put on. Yeah, with like the size of that theater having having to rent out, and I'm sure Vinny can attest to like how much production help or you know production production staff would cost and stuff. Like, I mean, I really don't know. Like, I, it seems expensive, and they're and they're trying to make a big deal out of it. There's a reason why you know award shows. Or award shows, right? Like, I, look, I don't love award shows. I've worked, I, I no. worked that dice one. Remember that what was that dice one that Gamespot did that time? Like, yeah, it's well, it's, it's the tough. dice awards. Yeah, um, I can't remember what year it was. Though. I'm pretty sure it was dice. And like, you know, award shows can be terrible. They can be great. They can be whatever. But usually, what they are is a industry in industry celebration, right? And that's yeah. that's the part I really would love to isolate out and be like, look, can we just get together? It's been a rough year for the industry. Can we get together and honor the people who made the games? And that's the vibe that didn't even come close to hitting with the, yeah. with this show. And that's my problem again, yeah. is not the idea that, okay, trailers should never infect a thing like this or that, you know, award shows are some kind of sacrosanct thing that have to be protected. Like, fuck no. <laughs> but like, if you are going with the pretense that this is an award show, you have to care about the awards at least a, Just a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. And, and it, this, the amount that they care feels like it is draining with each successive year. This one felt wider than the last ones had. Um, but, again, I'm kind of with you, Alex. I, ju- I think it's just it's just not set up. It's not never going to meet me halfway, right? Like no. It's, um, and, and, like, that's... that's pro- I, I'm okay with that. It sucks, I think, for the developers who are, A, cut off, or B, not being who are basically playing second fiddle to the trailers and you know, the, the, the people who make the games are kind of playing second fiddle to the games in this award well, show. It also has a weird impact on the production too, because like they did the best RPG award off camera, you know, like they yeah. just announced it. And 
they like yeah. cut to a shot of the Larian people just kind of staring, being like, oh, okay. But then that kind of clued you in that, oh, the reason they didn't do let Larian come up and get their acceptance speech for best RPG is because they're going to win game of the year. They're saving that speech for them to come up and win game of the year. And that's why they put that category off to the side. And it's like, if you're trying mm. to present this as if anyone can win, you're kind of kneecapping your own production by making it real easy to figure out where you're going to put the people you're willing to give 30 seconds of speech time. I think they also couldn't even get there um, or, or there was some, some miscommunication with getting their announcement that it was coming to Xbox in the show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where, like how, like, do you, how do you, how do you not say that on stage? I, you could see what, how, if you only have 30 seconds to, you know, or, or I mean, you know, but yeah. or how does Keely not say it yeah. on stage? You know, like, like that seems like an announcement they would want Microsoft. If nobody else would really want out there. So, yeah, I, I think in terms, look, I actually enjoyed the deluge of trailers we got. Like I, I thought there, there was good was, stuff in there. there That's was, the thing. There's never, yeah. there's never a year where there's no good stuff that comes out of that. I just, it's my problem is, is this the venue for that? So I think my takeaway, I, t- I talked a little bit about this at the time was, look, I think there's an appetite for an E3 in December. Like there's an appetite for this style of content at the end of the year. Publishers and developers maybe also cycle wise already to push some of this stuff out for, Look, we're getting 2025 games announced, right? So maybe there is an appetite for that announcement cycle in December. I think there's also an appetite for recognizing the humans and the people without the without that mixed in. So maybe there is room. You know, there are, are other award shows, like we said, Dice, and, and there are other uh, places that do big awards. But if you want to inherit this mantle of video games herald of champion then i think i think the thing i would say to keely is you might have to make room for some of this other stuff well it's like not he just is, he's like backed into this like spokesman for the video industry whether he wanted to or not no he I wanted think- to the question is did anyone else want him to <laughs> so i think like like you said alex he's kind of taken on all these roles of like ringmaster and yeah. you know and it's, it's- Look, I don't I don't knock a dude for hustle. Like I get it and he's built a brand uh that whatever I might think of it is obviously working well and get, has gotten him access and ability to do things like this on a pretty regular basis. The thing that just it, it just strikes me the most about it is and I, I'm I'm going to end on this note because I don't want to spend this entire time <laughs> just bagging on Keeley, but like Keeley wrote those last hours of X game features for GameSpot back in the day. Like that dude was a reporter. Oh yeah. I, 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 I was his editor on a couple of those. Yeah. And like those features were at the time, some of the best reporting you could get. Yeah, totally. For like in behind the scenes development reporting, like presenting the people who make these games as people and not just, you know, this sort of like formalist studio that just churns these things out. And he's so far afield of that now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you can't evolve and you can't, your role can't change in this industry or anything, but like, as someone who made his hay basically telling the actual human stories of game development, it's a little like distressing to me that he's just kind of completely abandoned that, even in this very basic format where it's really easy to give the people who make those games some actual time, some actual leg room to present themselves and to thank those they want to thank. Yeah. You're right. Yep. It feels squeezed the wrong way. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I like the de-emphasis on the awards. I just took for granted at this point because me too. Or, or, yeah. I feel like that that's par for the course for him for for that show is what I mean because it's been that way for years. Although yeah. again, the like thirty second limit on speeches was just especially egregious. But like for me, it was more the contemporary stuff that he also missed, which was like zero acknowledgments of the number of jobs lost in the industry this year or like anything about like the human toll of the business like complete failure to acknowledge the demands of a huge chunk of the future class you know that wrote yeah. that open letter to him like complete but still like putting their like little bio reels on in between trailers you know like just kind of like I, I, I got the sense that a lot of people that were part of that felt pretty used or there was at least or ignored there's at uh, least one developer I saw who was in their future class video promotional thing that was like, if I had known that, you know, they were going to be this ignorant of, uh, you know, the future class's demands, I probably would not have been in that video. Yeah. So. And it's yeah, like, it just... I thought I thought the whole thing of getting someone on that, like getting Keeley or someone like him to acknowledge what's going on in Gaza. Like, I thought that was a pretty tough road to hoe and I never expected them to actually do it though I appreciated the pressure people were putting on it, but to not even acknowledge the industry-level stuff, like the job loss and the toll it has taken on those people that make the games, like, just not not even tone-deaf, like, literally just sticking your fingers in your ears and just saying, games are good! Mm. Yeah, like, you, I think you said it more succinctly than he did, or even, or, you know, he didn't even try, like, when you were just like, you know, it's a great year for product, shitty year for people. Yeah. You know, it's like... <laughs> Just, just recognize of, it. A little bit of lip service is not hard and takes 10 seconds. Yeah, I agree. Um, any other anyway. game stuff or anyway. uh, game award stuff? Yeah, we, we don't have to belabor this forever. I mean, it was cool to, f it felt like it was, it was just a litany of like, here's what the, ne here's the next game from like indie developer X that you love mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Like the new, it's like the new game from the makers of Dead Cells, the new game from the makers of Ori. Yep. Uh, the new game, there was another one. That there is was the coming. new game from one half of the people who made Thumper. Right. Uh, there's, there's one more that I can't, is escaping my memory at the moment. But it was just like a lot of that stuff, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, the new game from the guy who made Inscription. Yep. Uh, stuff like a lot of that. The new game from the developers of World of Goo. Mm-hmm. Which, 15 years later, turns out to be World of Goo 2. Anyway. Mm. Uh yeah, it's just cool to, like, get updates on what a lot of those teams are doing that you haven't heard from in a while. Mm -hmm. New Monster Hunter yep. was kind of a, kind of crazy, and also, like, Monster Hunter is big enough to close this show now. Yeah, that last uh, Monster like, Hunter in particular, I feel I mean, like, really did a number for that franchise. Yeah, like, Worlds is the highest, Capcom's highest selling game of all time, so yeah, like, Monster Hunter is legit uh, huge now. I mean, it was always huge in, uh, in the East. Yeah, in Japan, yes, yeah, so it was always yeah. very big, but... yeah. Finally broke. I mean, it's like Yakuza. It took years, but it finally broke out here. And uh, oh, Goose Game, Goose Game. I'm talking yes. Goose Game is the other one I was trying to think of. Like Big Big Walk. I think like Big Walk and Light No Fire, are the two games coming out of this, where I'm just like, okay, I, I need to see more of what these games are. Mm -hmm. And Skull and Bones. Yeah. We'll see, uh, I do kind of need to see what that is at some point, which we'll see next month, I guess. Yeah. Uh, all right. Should we move on from the Game Awards? Yeah. Maybe we'll, I, I assume we'll see you at the Game Awards next year. No. Uh, did they announce a date yet? Sometimes they do. I, I don't see think so. Oh, like the E3 okay. we'll see you next year yeah. these dates? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. I didn't see that. All right. Moving on to the rest of the news here. Let's kick it off with uh, another thing that 
Uh, probably has a lot of baggage surrounding it. Peter Molyneux. <laughs> uh, Peter Molyneux. Uh, everybody remembers Peter Molyneux from Black and White, Fable. Lying to God. people. Goddess. Magic carpet. Magic carpet. Magic carpet. Milo. Magic carpet. <laughs> my, my, where's Milo? Trapped on a hard drive somewhere. Wondering um, where his dad is. Please. Please let um, me out. Brad, what's going on with Peter Molyneux? Why is Peter Molyneux back in the news? Uh, Goddess has been delisted from Steam after 10 years in early access <laughs> uh, and never having left early access. Goddess I didn't even is, know it was still available. Yeah, Goddess is the kind of his return to God games uh, that he kickstarted in, I think, 2013. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so, like, it was successfully kickstarted. It released at early access. They never shipped most of the features they promised to ship. When was the last actual update for the early access version? I I don't know. I did some poking around. There was like there was a big contentious interview with him uh, and Rock Paper Shotgun in like 2015, where they basically called him out. Yeah. On the game, I think I remember that. uh, And he not take kindly to it. And that was eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And the game now is no longer for sale. So. Did that the, the guy never the guy who won the center of the cube thing never got any money? Uh, I th- I think he got whatever he was supposed to get. I can't remember. And that's what that, bankrupted the game. That story says he was supposed to get one percent of the game's revenue in 2017. It was claimed that the game had never made a profit. Oh, <laughs> so oh okay, some some good Hollywood accounting. Although in uh, this case, I would actually believe that never made um, money. Anyway, yeah, just you know, not the first game to kind of crash and burn from Kickstarter or or Peter Molyneux for that matter. But definitely the probably the most high profile one. Yeah. Do you uh, think that dude is ever going to get anyone to give him money to make games again? Well, the amazing postscript to this whole thing is that in October, I had missed this. He announced that he's working on a new game. Uh, and it's called Project Moat. And he says it's set in the world of Albion, which is where Fable is set, which I presume is owned by Microsoft. Yeah, I was going to say. So, I'm not entirely sure how he's squaring that one, but we shall see. Microsoft, if you're listening, if you're giving Peter Molyneux money, don't. Uh, don't. Actually, in, in the course of reading about that old interview, he said after Fable 3, he never wants to work with Microsoft again, so <laughs> uh, I don't know. I Does don't he know. have like some weird rights thing where he can do stuff around that, but it can't be called Fable? I don't know. Uh, there's also this... Okay. I'm just, there was an attached story to this story. I just want to make sure the date on it lines up here. Um, but it's from September and I had never heard of this game. This game Legacy that was also made by 22 Cans. Wait, uh, really? Because they had another game called The Trial, I believe. <laughs> like that was part of the ongoing, you know, backlash to this whole thing was that not only did they not finish Goddess, they started working on multiple other games. Um, the trail. I'm sorry, not the tr- not the trial. The trail is oh, the betrayal. They were doing this game. Legacy is described as a quote highly anticipated Web three business simulation game no, based boy. on blockchain right. technology. Nope. Moving on. <laughs> All right, next story. Um, we mentioned this uh, uh, a little bit, but uh, uh, James McCaffrey. Uh, passed away um, during was it during the break or right before the break? It was I think right. It was like like not long after the game awards. I feel like uh, James McCaffrey was the um, people who have played Alan Wake uh, recently. Alan Wake two, 
might recognize him. He was also the voice of Max Payne. Mm-hmm. Uh, passed away way too young at the age of 65 after a battle with cancer. Yeah. Uh, so hats off to uh, Mr. McCaffrey. Great performances and mm-hmm. really great in Alan Wake too. A man whose voice I believe will just is forever etched in video game lore. You know, like if you think narrate like intense narrators in video games, you think Max Payne. Yes. Always and forever. Like, kind of nailed it. Yeah. Truly an iconic voice. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And like a performance. That, like, that like, uh, and hearing him in Alan Wake was a real treat. Like, some of those scripts are pretty dumb and, like, nailed that, sold that character. Yep. So, uh, something about his just manner of speech playing that character. Like, he doesn't just choose scenery. He, like, chews on the words themselves mm-hmm. in a way that just, man. Yeah. Like, savoring kinda- every syllable. There was just something kind of singular about the way he did that character that I will miss. Yeah, and I, I don't know if there are any other plans for bringing that character back around or or, or what the um, remedy situation is, but it, it will definitely not be the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, switching gears here, we're going to go through some of these quickly. There's like a bunch of stuff here. Uh, do you guys remember there was a Minecraft live action movie in the works? Nope. Not until you brought it up earlier today. There is. Yeah. And apparently, in addition to, uh, to the, 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 the fellow that plays Aquaman, uh, what's his name? Jason Momoa. 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 Jack Black's going to be playing the, uh, the role of Steve. You know Steve, the I, Minecraft guy, Steve? I can't, I can't Alex? hate it. Mr. Kraft. I can't hate it. I can't. What are you going to do? Jack Black's all right. Uh, I, got, I got nothing against Jack Black. So he almost made that Mario movie tolerable. So, I, like, the, I guess this thing is is going into production. Uh, um, it's supposed to come out in 2025 in April. Mm-hmm. I, it's a live action movie. Mm-hmm. Is he Steve? I think he's Steve. That's, is he the uh, voice was, of that, Steve? That was my understanding. I mean, I have to assume it's somewhere along the way they, when he goes into Minecraft land, there will be some sort of thing where you get a very blocky Jack Black. <laughs> like it's the fucking uh, Money for Nothing video or something. Like, Oh, no. <laughs> but it should be that level of CG. Okay. It can't look good. That's the thing. Uh, did you know in the Borderlands movie, he's Claptrap? I did. Okay. I'm trying to forget the Borderlands movie every time it comes up. Um, that movie has should have been done a long time ago. Yeah, something something weird is going on <laughs> with that. Well, they did reshoots at some point, and uh, Eli Roth did not direct them because he was doing mm. something else. I think it's still supposed to come out this year. We'll see. I would like to see a trailer for whatever this is. I bet this Minecraft movie will also make billions. Well, yeah. Ooh. I and mean, that fucking Five Nights at Freddy's movie made a ton of money, and that movie sucked ass, just, apparently. Just, yeah, like the, I, where's the Roblox movie? Like, let's it, just go. Oh, there, that, that's absolutely happening. I, it's weird that it took them this long to make a Minecraft movie, I, actually. I think I think the the ground is so fertile right now, and they will salt it so quickly with all these movies that, you know, they tested it out with, like, Angry Birds and all these other animated flicks, and then... Once Nintendo was like, look, we can do this, we can do it, and, and we're making money on it, and then everybody was like, let's go, let's oh, go. In the in the wake of the Five Nights movie, I mean, like, say what you will about Marvel, but the people out there, like, 
cheerleading the downfall of Marvel or whatever that is perceived to be happening. Like you'll get into, you'll get movie industry people saying like, "Hey, whoa, chill out." I understand how you feel about Marvel, but careful what you wish for. Yeah. Because <laughs> when Marvel goes away, here's what you're getting in its place. In the it's vacuum. fucking Five Nights at Freddy's movies. Yeah. It's, it's, it's movies based on all of the games that eight-year-olds are obsessed with. Yeah, because it's not like the executive teams are changing at these studios if Marvel movies go away. The same bad ideas are going to keep getting bandied about. They're just going to find new brands to try and fucking exploit. We got, uh, it's going to be making movies of, um, uh, you know, video games that yes, the, the younger generation is playing, uh, and it's going to be remakes and just mining of nostalgia movies, like stuff yeah. like Wonka and, uh, and the, Steamboat the, like, Willie, <laughs> but, the, but everybody's version of Steamboat Willie. Yes. Everybody's making a Steamboat Willie movie. <laughs> um, the future is so fucking weird. It really like, is. I could have, I could have, I could have put this in the news. Did you see all that business about Infestation 88? Yes. No. I don't like, know what that is. It it's, sounds gross. It's so. exactly it's, what you think it is. It is a like, horror game based on fucking Steamboat Willie. So oh. somebody, somebody preemptively, you know, obviously knew that Steamboat Willie was going into the public domain. So they started yeah. making a, a, I guess it's a Five Nights at Freddy's style, or it's one of those Twitch-friendly, yeah. like, scary horror, stalker-type games, except starring a god-awful, giant, monstrous Steamboat Willie. Mm-hmm. So that, that alone was weird. And then people started questioning whether the 88 was a Nazi reference or not. Okay. And that's just the internet now. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like that story, that's, okay. that news story was generated by AI. Like, that okay. seriously could have just, that's a Mad Libs of, of internet video game news. Okay, you really want to bake your noodle here. Try to figure out, is that a Nazi reference by a person who is pro-Nazi or a Nazi reference <laughs> by a person who is making a joke about Walt Disney's ties to Nazism? Oh, man, dude, this is getting too meta for me. I Here's saw the thing, the I'm never going to ask the person who made that game what they what their intent was because I don't care, but that's just, that's the world we're living in now. What kind of Nazi reference are we getting? Uh, the developer changed the name of the game. Okay rapidly for what it's worth it may have been unintentional it also could have been unintentional is the other thing i wouldn't have gotten that reference because i don't i don't think i live deep enough in the internet you're you're better off yeah Uh, it's now called infestation origins (laughs) that's Uh, actually not better but in a different way not better it's it's a way less memorable title i'll say that anyway whatever there was that Pooh winnie the pooh movie remember that horror winnie the pooh yes movie when that was very much in that vein yeah uh I'm going to come back to this next story. I'm just going to scroll down here very quickly. Uh, if you're looking to get on your 3DS and go do some shopping or playing, uh, heads up, Polygon is reporting that ahead of schedule, though maybe not unannounced, uh, Nintendo might be ending some services on the 3DS and Wii U stuff. This was kind of, um, you know, this was prophesized <laughs> in their announcement that said we may end services earlier than expected if we deem it so necessary so, so sayeth nintendo yeah but um they in their reporting says oh, heads up that's here that's happening so what was the original deadline next april april yeah so some stuff going offline now the things that they covered in their article um the pokemon ultra sun and ultra moon yokai watch 2 legend of zelda triforce heroes animal crossing new leaf and super smash bros for the 3ds the online mode um specifically there so just a heads up if you're that best good. thing about this story was that it made me aware of the pretendo project pretendo yes 
can read more at pretendo.network. <laughs> okay. Which is basically an open source effort to to replace the 3DS and Wii U online service with cut, like custom servers, basically. Oh, to keep, okay. To keep, to keep all those games playable. I can get behind we'll, that. We will not uh, let this go quietly into the night. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that rules that yeah. somebody's doing, doing the work to keep those games playable. Shh, don't tell Nintendo. Shh. Um... Also, quickly here, not to be forgotten because it was during the holidays, not going to let it happen, Versus Evil was shut down the day before Christmas. Versus Evil, the publisher of uh, Banner Saga and Pillars of Eternity, picked up by um, Tiny Build, I think two years ago-ish, laid off last year during the uh, break for a lot of us. Um, Shout out to them. I would like to say ending a really crappy year for all of that stuff, but we were just starting 2024, but that's not a great way to go. I mean, I do think we are probably <clears throat> have at least a little distance until another giant wave of layoffs comes because that stuff was all happening before the end of the year. But, you know, when the fiscal year comes up, I don't really have any sense that things have gotten better enough to where anyone's really safe at this point. And... I'm just going to say right now, this recent trend of buying stuff, holding on to it for a little bit and saying, nah, yeah, and then just laying everyone off. I mean, all the layoffs suck, but that extra sucks on top extra of sucks. the amount that it already sucked. Yeah. And I went in the reading of the story and the reporting by Polygon uh, and looking through it, it seemed like there had been a lawsuit between um, some of the versus evil fa- or the founders of versus evil and tiny build that got settled uh during the last year and so that got paid out but then this whole layoff happened and so i don't know i didn't know tiny build until i went back and looked at their publishing record had was not itself a small publisher they were at one time but it has not been that way for some time yeah Yeah, to me they were still the like cluster truck people uh and not necessarily the hello neighbor uh, franchise people so uh yeah yeah what a time uh but Maybe in better news, we don't got to worry about Bobby Kotick <laughs> anymore. You won't have Bobby Kotick to kick around anymore. <laughs> he's out. It happened. He's oh. officially he's officially resigned. Uh, and like, say what you will, whatever packages he got, whatever compensation he got, whatever golden skis he is skiing down a Mount Cocaine on as he leaves the building. He's not there anymore. He's not running the show. He will no longer be at least there. Somebody's boss. Uh, so that's, Look, that's probably for the best. I'm a very big critic of golden parachutes and, uh, generally giving shitty executives a lot of money in general. But if that money goes in any way toward contributing to a mindset that he never has to work in video games again, maybe it's almost kind of slightly worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And, if we uh, never have to deal with his fucking Rumpelstiltskin ass again <laughs> in video games, I will be okay with that. So I, I, I could I could totally see in six months him totally just founding a new video game company. I wonder if he'd get into video game stuff or he's going to go into some um, um, uh, like hedge fundy kind of like uh, capital moving money, moving money around at higher levels fund, like securing money for places it, fund. It really depends on how deluded he is, because I could see a world where he thinks, well, I'll just go be like Reggie. I'll go sit on a bunch of boards and still just be a personality and a face in video games and. You know, I'd I'd like to think he's not that deluded, but what do I fucking know? But that ain't going to work. I'll tell you right now. No one's going to fucking bring him in on the merits of, oh, it's like Reggie. But, you know, it was for Activision. It's like, no, no. 
he nobody likes him. To me, there's like this image of almost like you know this deal going through, and let's not forget Activision going through all those lawsuits, which I think one of them was actually settled um, recently. And he those those like swinging axes you have to get through in video games, you yes. know, where it's just like, and he was like halfway through it and then just opened a door and walked out, right? Yeah. Like he was like, actually, he, like, no, I'm good, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> or like, oh, you mean I don't have to go through all of it like this? Okay, because yeah. I'm not going to survive it. So he he's out. Uh, I also wanted to give a shout out here um, to one of the greatest uh, games journalists out there, Brendan Sinclair, who put together kind of a great list of just 2023 remember this like mm-hmm. month by month over at game uh, gamesindustry.biz you can go check it out <laughs> the title of it is tearing up the p patch this year in business uh and Brad do you want to read what he is referencing here he drops a some some kind of a cantonese phrase at the top uh that i'm not going to attempt to read mm-hmm. but i will read the translation which is finding a pee while eating poop. <laughs> and he kind of goes over the the year. Or, or being in the middle of a distinctly unpleasant task and stumbling onto something that is almost pleasant by comparison. Um, and there's, you know, tries to pull out some of the good stuff that happened in the year, obviously recognizing all of the crap that happened in the year. But some of it, um, you know, as he quotes in his story or says, we saw new unions at Microsoft ZeniMax. Um, we saw Sega, Avalanche Studio, CD Projekt, and uh, Experience Game Solutions, which I'm not really aware of, uh, giving workers additional leverage, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, he says the FTC uh, spent the year considering a ban on non-compete clauses. He says, quote, so perhaps the days of that exploitative nonsense are trying to a close, mm-hmm. uh, which... I I would agree with that shit is bananas and should be complete. I think it's not even legal in California, right, Brad? I think that was one of those things when we were leaving Red Ventures or coming into Red Ventures. It was one of those things where I think the California people had a separate contract. That's right. And New York I, uh, people had. I distinctly uh, remember all the New York employees like revolted against whatever was happening. And yeah. For mm-hmm. us, it was like, oh, well, I guess we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. That stuff is stupid. Um. And then uh, he has a paragraph here also referencing Bobby Kotick that says, Bobby Kotick steps down from Activision Blizzard in a few days. This is uh, from a few days ago or a week ago. There will be about 13,000 fewer people in the world who have Bobby Kotick for a boss. Woohoo! So, <laughs> now, that, now that's the cool voice of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a really cool rundown with a lot of fun stats and quotes that kind of show how weird the year was and what aged well and what didn't age well. And it's really fun and always great to support brendan over there doing the good work uh yeah, yeah that's it's a nice it's a nice format like it's just this this month by month like you know stats and quotes and just it's a, it's a good breakdown good breakdown again you can go to gamesindustry.biz and go check that out um i want to uh say breaking currently you all said i was bananas when i said Baldur's gates coming to game pass and as of like the time of this recording sounds like Baldur's gate is coming to Game Pass. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Go on. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Baldur's Gate remastered. The remakes of Baldur's yeah. Gate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. That was the one you were talking about, definitely. That's when I say Baldur's I would have said Baldur's Gate 3 if I meant Baldur's Gate 3. Obviously. I, clearly, I was talking Obviously. about Baldur's Gate. Uh, this is kind of just leaking out now. Uh, data, you know, everybody's got an app tied into some kind of data thing. I think this came from some achievement um, uh, aggregating stuff. Um, started getting... 
some data that's saying these things are coming to Game Pass. Have you guys looked at the current Game Pass? We, we usually don't talk about what's coming to Game Pass and what's coming to PlayStation Plus and stuff on here. But did you see what's what's hitting on Game Pass? It's actually seems... I, think I haven't Resident looked Evil, recently, no. I think RE2 is hitting. And, oh, um, wow. Yeah. That's, that's a very good game. Yeah. Um, I only saw it when I was looking up what to see if this had gotten officially announced or not. Um, there seemed to be some bangers coming out on there. Oh, the game, the ages of services. Mm-hmm. Um, and last but not least here. Uh-huh. You guys remember Tetris? I've heard of it. I hear it's pretty good. Oh, you, oh, the, the, uh, the, the hit Apple TV film. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that movie? They made a game of that movie. Uh, it's about putting these little blocks into places. Tetris. A game that we have seen, I don't know, everybody play at some point, like the competitions. Every time I see high-level Tetris play, it is, blows my mind. Yeah. I've seen it at Games Done Quick. I've seen it at uh, um, all sorts of different events. High-level Tetris play is maybe my fi- favorite high-level play. The reason I love it, and the reason especially I love this most recent thing that we're about to be talking about here, is because whenever you watch someone play those games, it looks like someone is trying to animate a person and use as few frames as possible <laughs> for whatever the action is they're doing. It's just uh-huh. this, you know, like, it's well, not, it doesn't look like a thing you would actually do, but they are. So, so I really dug into this this morning, and I hope my voice holds up for this potentially long explanation mm-hmm. so this is nes tetris this is the original nes release of tetris which maybe i think was the first console release was that before game boy anyway they treat it as like the, the competitive tetris scene like that's the one right like right. that's the one they play the thing i did not realize is but maybe this is common knowledge by the time you get to level 29 in nes tetris mm-hmm. so every like 10 lines you go up a level and the, t- the speed of the pieces drops or i mean the, the speed in, the speed of the dropping increases you know yes when you hit level 29, the pieces are now dropping so fast, you can no longer get them all the way to the, the far left and right positions. So it's effectively impossible to, to complete lines. Right. Once you hit level 29. And there's been this whole like years-long process of people coming up with like various <laughs> types of like manual dexterity tricks to like it's bananas. Fool the game. Like what's the, the hyper tapping was the first one, right? Hyper tapping. First, first they came up with hyper tapping, which involves like manipulating the controller in a weird way to be able to hit the D pad faster than you should be able to with a thumb. Uh, and that got them up to, I forget. I watched like a, it's like a years, years long breakdown of like, here's, here's when they hit level 30 finally, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then two years later they hit level 35 and then like there was a huge breakdown or I mean a, a huge breakthrough. Sorry. When, um, what was the, what was the newer, the cheese, the, 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 the cheese, cheese was grip? the player. I believe cheese was the one mm-hmm. who came up with the uh, rolling 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 yeah. is the technique. Now it's and bananas. You, and if you watch somebody roll, <laughs> first of all, they have like a, like an orchestra glove on one hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they quite literally are wearing what looks like some kind of orchestra conductor's glove or like Michael Jackson or something like that. Yes. Sure. They're wearing a glove in one hand, like holding the controller in the other hand and like fiddling the, they're literally like fiddling the bottle of the controller with the fingers of their gloved hand to play the game like that's how they play the game yeah so you're, you're basically holding your forefinger or whatever thing you're going to push the d-pad with on top and then pushing the controller into that finger from the bottom using your fingers to roll tap and roll them because you can you can <laughs> get more they do it in hertz they measure it in hertz yeah you can you can do it faster by rolling your it's 
Humans, shouldn't be this way, but it is. What are, what are we doing? Dude, this this thing is so insane. I, I, if I can, I'll link the YouTube video I watched in the notes of this podcast, because you should really go watch it, because it's ridiculous. Not only will you see them developing all these, like, finger techniques to play this game, but they also dig into kind of, like, the code of Tetris and why this is all necessary and what they're doing when they're hitting these really high levels. Mm-hmm. Because the, the actual news item here is that, that somebody, and it turned out to be a 13-year-old, like... Wunderkind, you know, like this, uh-huh. this, like out of nowhere, this rising star of the Tetris co- competitive scene has has gotten the Tetris kill screen. Yeah, right. Like first human to ever do. Yeah, it. if you're familiar with like the Donkey Kong or the Pac-Man kill screens, where you you know these are games that are designed to be played indefinitely, but in actuality, the code does not allow for that. <laughs> Eventually, they glitch out and you can't play them anymore. This is literally the first time that somebody has ever beaten Tetris, not been beaten by Tetris. Yes. Right, like. Like every game of this game ever played ended in failure, like as defined by the rules of the game until this 13-year-old kid basically got to the point where he could crash the game by playing it so long. And to the, this is Blue Scooty is the, is the streamer's yes. name. They're 13. They have the entire video up. You can go watch it of the stream. A lot of things are amazing about this. One, mm-hmm. congratulations. It's an amazing feat. I've, Absolutely. It is such an emotional watch. Like the the kid is just in their room, and towards the end is like, just freeze, just, just please, just freeze, just the game freeze. It realizes they are near this point uh, and they're uh, recovering from mess ups and and all this stuff. Freezes. They lose it, yeah, because they just realize they they got it, <laughs> and it's like they're catching their breath forever. And then there's like, I gotta go tell my parents. <laughs> I gotta go tell my parents who have come in the room a couple of times, like let the dog in or out, like. And then you see this, like I assume mom. I don't. I don't know if it's actually the the kid's mom or not. Come in is like, oh, what happened? Where is it? And he's like, the kid is like, oh look, it's frozen. Like, oh that's great. <laughs> nice yeah. son. Just like yeah. Pat on the, pat on the head. <laughs> That's oh, that looks that's wow. great for you. Well, no, but it's not condescending. No, it's, it's not like, condescending. It, but yeah. I'm like, I, I don't yeah. look. I don't understand this, but I'm really happy for you. Yeah, it's like a high five. Like, oh, awesome, awesome, good job, you did it. There, there's so many crazy factors to the story because, like, the the current world record holder was also attempting this feat concurrently on Twitch. They were yes. both streaming it at the same time. And they were doing and, the gr- something the grind the Tetris grind or something. Yeah, something. yeah, and like and like the chat in the world in the current record holders chat like went nuts saying like dude like blue scooty's about to do it you know and like and like that dude seemed very happy for him to for the other kid to have done it first um the craziest part about this to me is you don't just crash this game by playing it until you hit a certain level you have to do specific things on specific levels to trigger the crash right so like you had to get to like a level 150 i forget 150 something you had to get a single at a certain time yeah to trigger the crash he actually missed that like he actually blew past where the first crash would have been and had to go a couple more levels to get to the next opportunity to crash the game and God only then damn. got it. So like he not only he, he got actually far further than he would have had to do to get the thing that counts. That is so nuts. That video, the video is super fascinating about like how, how this game, how this version of Tetris breaks down the longer you play it because yeah. it's like, it was just never designed to be played for this long. So like the code <laughs> is just like code does not, cannot deal with getting to these heights. Yeah. Except that they have now found Uh-oh. via a simulator that somebody wrote. Somebody wrote a somebody wrote a bot to play play NES Tetris. Uh-huh. They found that if you I forget how long you have to go, you have to go to some obscenely high level 
And also, one of those levels randomly, because of all the glitches in the code, isn't 10 lines that you have to get to advance to the next level. It's 800 lines. Oh, oh. no. Oh, but God. But they found, they f- I think it might be level 200, or it might be 300, I'd something, it's some like, even number, I think. Anyway, you will roll over back to level zero. Oh, wow, you can prestige? So, then- so, so people are going to have to thread multiple needles as they pass all these levels where you can crash the game by getting the wrong kind of line or dropping the wrong kind of piece. Uh-huh. Also, they were saying at these obscene high levels, like way past where we're talking about, letting any single piece drop naturally, meaning not hitting down to drop that piece, will crash the game. Will so crash those, it, okay. So at those insane high levels, you're going to have to push down on every piece that drops or you're going to crash the game. So they won't even be able to rely on momentum. They're going to have to speed it up to keep it from crashing. Anyway, whenever somebody gets to that level where they reset the game to zero is going to be like, that. that's it. That, that's the end. There's, there's nothing else you can do in that game. That's bananas. That, that may be the most amazing, amazing feat in all of video games if somebody pulls that off. <laughs> it's it's a really fun uh, video to watch. It's I mean, it's what a just, time to be alive, right? Yeah, I mean, in like, this very extremely specific context, <laughs> I am talking about. My dad watched that YouTube video with me, and he was just like, well, there, "But there's a lot of money in it for that kid." And I was like, oh, <laughs> "There no. might be some down the road eventually." Let me, let me tell you about these niche, hyper-specific competitive communities. Tell you about a little terrifying tale about Billy Mitchell. Yeah, and, uh, they're, they're they're doing cautionary it for the love. tale. Yeah, they're, they're they're doing it for the love and the glory. It really is. You know what, Brad? That's exactly right. Because like when you see this kid in the, at the home just streaming, and mm-hmm. the parents, or again, I assume to be parents, coming in and be like, "Oh, that's awesome! High five! Dinner's gonna be ready in like five. Uh, you know, uh, it's like it is for the love of it. It's yeah. for this accomplishment. It's yeah. you know, for for some people, it's beating Contra. You know, on, a, on like another level, it is this almost inhuman thing. It's fantastic to watch. It's a very feel-good moment. I recommend go checking it out. Right the fuck on is what I have to say. Like, yeah. good on you. And may there more of these kinds of things be the predominant stories in video games and not everything else going on. Um, I, I'm trying to see. I just clicked through. The video that was linked in this story I read is on the classic Tetris site. I wonder if they're like classic Tetris on YouTube. I'm trying to see if Blue Scooty has anywhere where they are monetizing a, a video of this to to make some money in the views on it. So uh, that's the only way I can think there would be cashing in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would want to just play that on loop to give Blue Scooty yeah. some money. There, there are there are regional tournaments. They talk about it in the in the video that I that I watched. Like there's one coming up in Texas soon. Okay. Um, and, and, and all these players do go and compete in those tournaments live. Well, you've seen these videos go around. You've absolutely seen some of these head-to-head mm-hmm. final matches. Uh, I've never I, seen the cheese grip, and I never saw – I think it's cheese. Or the one yes, that the guy cheese. who puts it on his foot. and like mm-hmm. did not see that one. Okay. He like he uses uh, his foot to brace the controller. Yeah. There, there may be some cash prizes at those tournaments. I'm not sure. Anyway. Great, great way to – I'll say great way to start 2024. That's the note I want to end this new segment on. Start yeah. 2024 with the games of 1989. That's right. New, hey, the younger generation, again, this happened in the new year, picking up the pieces of a destroyed uh, generation and finding out some ways to, doing the impossible with it. That's what mm-hmm. we need for the future. All you 13-year-olds, everything we broke and left behind in the dust, please all the game for us. And, just please, please use a cheese grip and, and, and start rolling. 
Just uh, cheese grip this industry. Take take back the cheese grip of this industry and make it into something better. Please, somebody cheese grip the environment. <laughs> somebody just just hit the buttons fast enough and make it make it okay. Uh, Brad Shoemaker. Mm-hmm. We are here in 2024. It is now time for the emails. Why don't you drop us an email or two? Yeah, let's do a couple here real quick. Uh, question from uh, Braden in Lanark, Ontario. Hi, okay. Braden. Question is directed toward Alex, but if Brad and Vinny have input, I'd love to hear it. I played Norco this past January based on Alex's raving about it, and it was a bit of a transformative experience for me. Mm-hmm. I was profoundly moved and have found myself thinking about it on and off all year. I plan to play it again in January and maybe make it an annual New Year tradition. What other games have this vibe? They don't even necessarily need to be more point-and-click visual novel titles, just this type of richly written, weird, emotionally fulfilling vibe piece. Oh, man. I mean, that was kind of the thing about Norco, is that... You know, while it's using point-and-click mechanics uh, that are pretty familiar, like, the thing about it was just the intense confidence of the writing and the story and the willingness to just do what it's gonna do, even when it gets real fucking out there. Um, I'm trying to think, like, it's stuff with that vibe, like... So, like, a, would you say that's a kind of American gothic sci-fi-ish? yeah. Because I mean, it's like, like it's it's not near futurism; it's near presentism. Like it's the mm. idea of here's a bunch of weird perspective technology, but the world is very much like, yo, you're just in like a modern version of like this, you know, oil refinery town. It's just that, by the way, there's also androids and crazy cyberspace shit happening. Yeah, it's a tough one to answer off the top of the head. Yeah, is is um, I mean, this is like any any broad sense is Citizen Sleeper kind of in that vein. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's it's not as out there, mm. but it does get into some heady sci-fi concepts, and it is very narrative-driven. It's just a very different kind of game. It's not really a point-and-click. It's, it's a very different voice yeah. in the writing as well. It uh, has more the, optimism, I feel like, than maybe Norco does. Yeah, but. N- Norco is very... It's very... Uh, it's, uh, it's not postmodern, but it's like very... It's weird. It's got a yeah. really weird, but vibe distinctively to it. so. It's not just yeah. like trading on a on a kind of weird that we've seen dozens of times over. Like it has its own voice and its own feel to it. Um, just other games that I feel like have had that kind of like rich narrative, even if it's not necessarily in like a sci-fi space or anything like that. I mean, from that year, I feel like Peniman is one of those games where it's like mm. the narrative and sort of the the we- the specificity of the narrative. And the story they want to tell and the environment that they're in, you know, I, those games were kind of one and two in my mind for a reason, because they both, while they are telling very different eras and very different kinds of stories, the willingness to just commit all the way to the hyper-specificity of their environment and their their vibe, I think, are, are kind of of a piece in a way. Uh, and the one I always kind of go back to, because I think in, in, in a way that it has kind of a similar out-there ending though it is rooted very much in a sort of modern world, uh, is Night in the Woods. Like, that's a mm. game that is... Oh, sure. You know, it has the 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 threads of a platformer and a side-scroller in it, but a lot of it is really just the narrative and kind of the experience of living in that town and meeting those characters and kind of sussing out a mystery. Mm. Uh, and I feel like that's the one I always kind of go back to when people are like, what's something else that has, like, a very confident narrative that kind of came out of nowhere that feels like it's it's kind of it's in its own little space, and that's one that I always think of. 
I'll drop Disco Elysium in there too. Yes, I would uh, if I had ever actually sat down to play that game in any significant way, which I still tell myself I'm going to. I never finished it, but it is, it is it reminds me a bit of that kind of out there um, um, and that confidence off, offbeat, but a yeah. little offbeat. Yeah, uh, kind of writing in it. Um, yeah, I'd have to sit and think and go through, but that's um, Norco's a heck of a game. Like, it really is. Man, <laughs> still think about that game from time to time. Not just even still, like the idea of replaying it, just thinking about parts of it. I mostly think about that detective. God, LeBlanc, what a piece of shit. <laughs> like one of the greatest pieces of shit that has ever been created for video games. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. He sucks in just such an amazing way. That cloud makeup. <laughs> so good. Got another email? Uh yes, from Jason for you. For me. Jason says. <clears throat> this is like a follow-up to the Ramblecast. I live in a I live on a little hobby farm in Wisconsin. Hobby farm. Next time we have meat birds ready to slaughter, you're yeah. more than welcome to come help out. Okay. Bring the family. My kids chip in too. Oh man, we talked about uh, uh, Caravella's rule of like you you kill it, you eat it. You gotta you gotta get your kill. You should at license. least know what goes into you know your food, basically. Yeah, yeah. I would if they okay. There's not a way to say this without sounding gruesome and morbid, but like. Look, I think if you, I would go sign the kids up for like a thing that's like, look, we are going to see how to humanely butcher an animal if you're going to partake in eating of that animal. Like we, you should have a respect for what goes into this. I would traumatize them. Was it traumatizing? It's nature, right? I think if you're the sort of person that is sensitive to that sort of thing, it can be traumatizing. But I do think that there is value in the understanding and knowledge that like when you eat meat, you are taking a life. Yes. That's right. That's what I would want to reinforce. Yeah. Look, if 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 there's a strong feeling about this, you should know you should know why where this is coming from, the the origins of this. And again, you know, my my attitude has always been I am a meat eater, but I also understand the realities of what that entails. I also understand that our version of mass produced meat is very different than let's say the way that uh native peoples tended to sort of, you know, treat population care with a lot of respect, making sure that like they weren't over hunting and all that kind of thing we don't do that shit we just mass produce and fucking we are so far removed from the actual act uh that it's almost comical if it weren't also so fucking terrible um but you know there have been people and like i but one of the things i always respected about anthony bourdain is that while he found the idea of killing animals something that he found very squeamish he never turned away from it whenever he was mm. traveling somewhere where that was what was necessary for him to have his dinner because he thought it would be wildly irresponsible to do so. And he was right. And I think that more people should just at least embrace the fact that, like, what you are doing is not something that can, like, it's not a forever renewable resource. And the ways we have tried to make it a forever renewable resource are actually kind of horrifying. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I feel, like, sanitizing it or having it be so commercialized and prepackaged. You know, I just think there's a disconnect there from yeah. uh, uh, people. Anyway, yeah, yeah I mean, okay. The, the slaughtering is one thing because it's been going on since the dawn of humanity, right? Yes. But it's the. I mean, that's what me, world the world is is predation, right? But but for, for me, it's the industrial farming and yeah. the like yes. maltreatment of animals while they're alive that is the actual upsetting part. Yeah, that is yeah. the grievous error that we as a society have made. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about this before. Too, but you know, there's a lot of that you know, food waste, the waste of that stuff too, and all that. So yeah, hobby farm. I I know someone who is uh who is packing it in around here. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a couple I know, they're packing in. They're going to buy themselves a farm. 
that's it. They, they, I think the, one of the people, can I I come? (laughs) I think one of the people made a lot of money in like some kind of biotech, something, something and left that industry. And was like packing it in and going to do, I don't know. I don't know what a difference between a small farm and a hobby farm is. Does a hobby farm have to sustain you? Like, do you, I don't, I don't know the terminology. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other emails, Brad? I was just looking up meat birds to see if that encompasses more than chickens. I'm not sure. Meat birds. Tur- well, turkeys maybe as yeah. well. Pheasants. Cor- yeah. Cornish hens. Fancy pigeons. I don't know what a right, non-meat well, bird is. Okay, last email from Tom. Uh, I would like to present this incredible 2014 exchange between Vinny and Brad. Okay. I've been watching the old Demon Souls run. And the beginning of part eight features this quick, quick exchange. Uh, I guess do I, I need to say who's talking here, don't I? V- Vinny. Uh-huh. Sometimes I'm worried what the internet's going to be like in 10 years, like when my son's going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Me. I am cautiously optimistic that it will be better. Uh-huh. This is what year? 2014? 2014. Okay. All right. Uh, you. You. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I have no basis for this, for sure. There will still be asshole 14-year-olds. You. What about unified logins that are attached to your birth certificate or something? Me, I don't know. That starts to get into weird nanny state territory. I don't know. That's a little bit much. Uh-huh. Uh, that, video was, uh, that video was posted February 11th, 2014. Nearing the 10-year mark. We are less than two months from the 10-year year mark, so I ask you, is the internet better now? Oh, God, no. How do you handle your son's internet usage? And please lay down some predictions for what the internet will be like <laughs> in another 10 years. I, I'll say this, uh, we didn't get to the birth certificate verified login, but I feel like we moved from handles to people using their real names. Like we moved a bit away from like the part where I'm, you know, mind cavity on, t- on the internet to places being like, I'm just going to use Vinny Caravella on, on things, right? Like that, that was a shift. I don't know if that was over the last 10 years, but that was a shift where you used to mostly have people being, um, their handle to basically just not giving a shit and also just using their real name to put to shit post the stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I do you think, uh, do you guys think there should be any accountability, real life accountability for actions on the internet at this point in terms of like tying your, your real persona to your online persona in I'm, any I'm, meaningful way? I'm very torn on that because a tremendous number of people, cause a tremendous amount of harm on the internet and they mm-hmm. absolutely should be accountable, but there also should be some amount of space for people to in a not shitty way. Yeah. Be able to be anonymous in certain contexts. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, there's no simple answer. Like is, is my answer is that like th- there are absolutely cases where anonymity is like not only necessary, but like vital, mm-hmm. but the problem is that, you know, too many people take advantage of that and do really rotten shit. But again, I, I'm not sure one outweighs the other. And yeah. there is no, like I said, there is no easy answer for it. Uh, predictions? Oh, man. I splintering. I don't, I don't think it's getting better. I, th- I think we're going to see more splintering of, of groups. I think like, you know, kind of diaspora style. People like spread out from Twitter. And instead of one place for that stuff, there'll be many. Like you kind of have seen with communities, instead of a Reddit, there'll be micro discords and all of those. Things. You know, I mean, you're already seeing a little of that, though. Nothing has really taken hold in a major way yet. Well, I think you just probably. I think you after after Facebook and all these things have their runs, there'll be so many little things that come up. Like th- mm-hmm. there won't be just the one big one, right? 
um, they'll have all the, all these microservices. That's not the right word, but like smaller Instagrams and all of these other things that then probably get bought up and smaller ones take their place. But kids will use smaller services and not monolithic ones is my guess as we go forward. I do um, think there's going to probably among the again, I'm not applying a broad brush here because you can't really do that with generations. Like there's too much diversity of opinion and personality, but I do think we are probably in store for somewhere along the way, the zoomers or the people that are the kids that are just below them taking a real hard pivot away from connectivity. Uh, I think so because Mm. the kids that are being raised in the current internet environments I truly do not believe we'll see the value of it the way that we did oh, when sorry. we were coming. Zoomers, yeah, okay, yeah. yes, the younger, okay, yes, yeah, the younger I, I, generation. I'm that. I think as they boomers. get older, yeah. I think they will want to pivot as far the fuck away sure. from connectivity as possible. Yeah, because they have seen not a great version of that, and have right. only seen mostly the various ways in which that can really fuck them over. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, be it people searching for old tweets or, you know, bad fucking TikTok things or what have you. Like, I think there will probably be a little bit of, I mean, I don't mean this in the shitty white supremacist way that it actually means, but a little bit of the, we must return to tradition kind of mentality (laughs) of let's get back to fucking interpersonal connectivity and get the fuck off the computer. Sure. We're like, like, we're broken. We're we're never going to get off the computer, but I think some of them may like, like a um, like a like a phone call will seem so novel and so retro. Uh, yes, and like right, and the spoke right. landlines will become a thing. <laughs> totally, yes. Like uh, like wow, your phone, you have a you have a landline again. Like totally, dude. I, I I've been I've been hearing on this trip about some people and friends of friends who were getting landlines again. I have a landline. I mean, they're well, I mean, they're all they're, they're all voice over IP now. Yes. So I don't right. know if, I don't know if that actually really counts. In a I have a phone situation. connected to the wall. Let's right. Say. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I could see that. I think that's true. I think the novelty of all of that stuff will not be there for them. Right. Like, you know, that, that it will just be maybe, and I'm not saying that I don't think they'll get off the internet, but they will look at it more as a service than a novelty. And a, I think, uh, I think, I think you're right. I, the thing is, I don't think it will ever get completely away from the internet, but I think enough of them will be so put off by all the fucking AI generated text yeah. and the they thousand won't ads embedded in everything. Yeah. That at some point they'll just be like, "This is a thing I want to spend the least amount of time on possible." Yeah, that that specifically is why I would decline to make any prediction whatsoever at this point because, like, I genuinely think the way that stuff like generative AI is going, there is no way to see what ill effects that's going to have five to ten years from now. I, I genuinely believe that part of the reason everyone is being s- driven so nuts on the internet now is because everything that is talking to them on the internet is garbled nonsense. <laughs> Oh, you're into the dead internet theory. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like every time some article floats up to the, you know, the the surface of the fucking awful bog that is the internet, like, it's just some AI article that someone's pointing and be like, look, AI, and it's like, no, I know, like, that's everything. <laughs> everything that is served to me on Facebook, on fucking YouTube, everywhere, it's all just fucking AI-generated nonsense now. Like, everyone it is just garbled garbage. And it's like, I, that is enough to drive me fucking insane. I, uh, I, unfortunately too, I also have the part of like, I question everything I read, especially if I'm looking up video game stuff and you get those sites. It's like, I've never heard of this site. 
And you've got three paragraphs before the actual just four button code you have to put in here. Yes. Uh, and is this is this just generated? I I don't know what happens when the AI starts scooping up the AI uh, and you know uh, it starts using that as its learning model. But uh, it's yeah, you're right, Brad. It, it's it's a bit of a monkey wrench thrown into the course of the stream or a big old boulder because man. Really don't know where this is. There are a lot of lawsuits right now that are challenging the data collection on some of these models by, Mm -hmm. you know, like New York Times has filed a big lawsuit. And that's like not one to be taken lightly for basically scooping up their content and and regurgitating it. And if something happens with those models, that could alter the course of this whole thing because I kind of believe you can't have those current models without basically having pirated all of oh, the Oh, just rampant the theft. Rampant. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just so big, you know? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we're, I think we're already in a post truth society, whatever that means, but yeah. I think nobody will just, be, you just don't believe anything. Everything will be a joke. What have you called it, Brad? It's like the post, you, you've said once, you said like post irony, like we're in a post irony, like there is no, I think we're post post irony now. <laughs> We're in post Malone. Yeah, we're, we're I, I'm trying not to be. Uh, we're all um, we're all just going to bond over magic. The gathering mm-hmm. is how we're going to all come back together. Like you can't ha- you can't have you can't have any you can't love something because it's silly anymore. Like it's just so everything just moves so quickly that uh, I don't know. It'll just catch on fire from friction and just melt and go down. I do I do think I my one prediction will be uh the the. I don't think you will have tech tycoons the way we used to in the future or, or like 20 years. From God now. willing. I feel, I feel like we're in this kind of oil baron esque place now. And like with kind of like the Bezos and Musk's and, and I think, I think that won't necessarily, I think there'll be some kind of realignment or reckoning because I feel like they are aging out in a way. Uh, and the things they are leaving behind will be either dismantled or we'll be fighting for them for water. You I think you're. I, mean? I think you're grossly underestimating how bad those people uh, want to cling to power. And I think the real thing is we have to trick them all to locking themselves in their abandoned missile silos, make them think that the revolution is coming, uh, so or that they, they lost the Mars. Yeah, so they all lock yeah. themselves inside their fucking shitty little bunkers, and yeah. then we'll say, "All right, well, don't come out for fifty years." <laughs> It'll be okay set, then. Set, set the clock. We want to save you. We're saving our brightest minds. Yeah, and then just pour a concrete, try, like pull that shit right up to where that bunker is and then just dunk that fucking concrete on did top ever, there so uh, they can't get out. Did you ever play Horizon? I mean, yes. Did you finish it? I, I know what happens. Okay, so you're basically saying uh, get everybody in a bunker and then... Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Got I it. am. How about, how, about, how about some more free rides to the Titanic? <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, they're they're just gonna go to Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, hey, this one's pointed at the sun. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, oops, Elon. It's, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> I did an oopsie. <laughs> uh, let me tweet about this. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the emails, folks. Uh, that's gonna do it for them. Uh, that's gonna do it for this week's show. But it is not gonna do it for 2024. We are just kicking off. Uh, this week, uh, or this month, uh, we did the, uh, Planorama. It's fairly light on releases uh, on this month. There are a few things coming out. Prince Persia, uh, it, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, but 
I'm probably you're probably going to hear me talk a lot about Sea of Stars over the next few weeks or, or so. Like there's um there's stuff coming out February though. Kind of the tap starts flowing again. Yeah, on games, oh, but plenty to play out there. Yeah, there's so many uh, games you can just play them. It doesn't matter when they came out. No, I've got a backlog. I'm still chewing through it. Um, you can go check uh, uh, all of that stuff out. Planorama. You can. We have a, a Watchcast is is cooking with the uh, Twin Peaks season two. Oh, it's heady cooking all right. Episodes. Oh yeah. Uh, is that up? That one. That one's up now. Yes, that one is up now. Uh, you can go check that out over on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Nextlander, uh, where you can find a bunch of different tiers there. Find a tier that is right for you. We got a bunch of stuff still up there. Never been a better podcast. The QA, if you want to go listen to that, uh, is up there along with a bunch of other things. Patreon.com slash Nextlander. On there is the Mysterious Benefactor tier, and they get their names read on this here show. I'm going to read them right now. Starting with Sean Miller, Ryan Waterman, RRE, Infelicitous Rips, Kelly F., Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, New Year, New Deidre, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Bunny Fiend, comma, The. Peter Reardon, Jad Rita, Statics, Fantasticasm89, Andrew Jackson, Megacrane, Razkidbidi2, Brian Murphy, Randy Duax, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos and Tyler Treese. Somebody trying to trying to trip me up in there. Can I uh, can I tell a very quick story here before we wrap things up? Yeah. Uh, so I've probably mentioned this before. Randy Duax, one of our mysterious benefactors, is a, a friend of mine. Uh, he was in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and he was at a bar uh, called the Tonga Hut. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was signing for his check, and the bartender was like, "Are you the Randy Duax that contributes to Nextlander?" Stop it! Yeah. Stop it! Yeah. Look at that! Everybody, go over, become a mysterious benefactor, and you too can get recognized at your favorite bar. That's right. Just one of the many great benefits. Now, we cannot guarantee, but it could happen. But shout well, out to our dude at the Tonga Hut. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, rad. That's rad. Man, uh, I want to hang out at the Tonga Hut. Yeah. Shout out to all of our mysterious benefactors and to everyone who has supported us over at patreon.com slash nextlander. That is an extremely funny story. Uh, and uh, I want to thank everybody for supporting us in 2023. Thank you for supporting us in 2024. Cannot do it without you. Will not do it without you because my health insurance bills come due. <laughs> we got to yeah. you know, literally had to sign back up again. So cannot do it without you. Should say Ian at the Tonga Hut. That was that was the dude. So thanks Ian, to Ian at the Tonga at the Tonga Hut. Uh, shout out there. You get a special mention. In, in yeah, our, you do. Uh, yeah, 
Thank you, everybody. Um, like I said, we got plenty of stuff going on. We are going to actually revisit some things we're going to look at. Alex and I talked about it on the QA a bit. You know, it's always a good time to see where we wanted to start in 2023. Sift through all the cruft that builds mm-hmm. up over a year and kind of reevaluate where we want to be in 2024. So we might shake some things up, move things around. We don't know yet. We have to kind of sit and talk about it. We're going to do that over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but, you know, we'll talk about it and see what happens uh, and, and what things we want to move around and where we want to be and uh, uh, all be that fun flexible. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All the fun things. Thank you, Alex Navarro. Happy New Year. Happy, happy New 2024. Year to you. Thank you. Uh, Brad Shoemaker, Happy New Year. Happy 2024. Thank you. Uh, we'll be back next week with another podcast. See ya.